Hey, Chad Brown here. You may remember me as a linebacker in the NFL or as a reptile breeder and the owner of Pro Exotic. I've been herping since I was a boy, and I've dedicated my life to advancing the industry and educating the community about the importance of reptiles. I also love to encourage the joy of breeding and keeping reptiles as a hobbyist, which is why my partner Robin and Markland and I create the Reptile Report. The Reptile Report is our online news aggregation site bringing you the most up-to-date discussions from the reptile world. Visit TheReptileReport.com every day to stay on top of the latest reptile news and information. We encourage you to visit the site and submit your exciting reptile news, photos, and links so we can feature outstanding breeders and hobbyists just like you. The Reptile Report offers powerful branding and marketing exposure for your business, and the best part is it's free. If you're a buyer or a breeder, you got to check out the Reptile Report Marketplace. The Marketplace is the reptile world's most complete buying and selling destination full of features to help put you in touch with the perfect deal. Find exactly what you're looking for with our advanced search system. Search by sex, weight, morph, or other keywords and use our buy it now option to buy that animal right now. Go to marketplace.thereptilereport.com and register your account for free. Be sure to link your Marketplace account to your Ship Your Reptiles account to earn free tokens with each shipping label you book. Use the Marketplace to sell your animals and supplies and maximize your exposure with a platinum ad that also gets fed to the Reptile Report and our powerful Marketplace Facebook page. Buying or selling? Use shipyourreptiles.com to take advantage of our discounted priority overnight shipping rates. ShipYourReptiles.com can also supply you with the materials needed to safely ship your animals successfully. Use ShipYourReptiles.com to take advantage of our discounted priority overnight shipping rates, the materials needed to ship your reptiles successfully, live customer support, and our live on-time arrival insurance program. We got you covered. Visit TheReptileReport.com to learn or share about the animals. Click on the link to the marketplace, find that perfect pet or breeder. Then visit ShipYourReptiles.com to ship that animal anywhere in the United States. We are your one-stop shop for everything reptile-related. Shows. Yeah. 215 yeah, shows, yes. <laughs> yeah. 
Wow. There was a long uh, long pause there. You made me uh I was pausing for better. effect. I mean, you wouldn't understand, ah. <laughs> you know. You just kind of go, right. but... Um, uh, I am... <laughs> I'm actually a little bit under the weather, but no fear. No. Hey, the show must go on. We will we, not we, stop. We should, the other end, I mean, we, have, we do not stop until someone's unconscious. So, I mean, so if the show goes on, which means that Eric will probably be a little bit, it's fine. He'll alert me to some major catastrophe, and I'll just be like, I, so it's fine. Uh, anyway. Oh, it sounds like you're breaking up. <clears throat> no! You might have the uh, Skype curse. Yeah. I apologize about our audio, but uh, I had to call in using my phone because for some reason Blog Talk is at it again, and uh, the Skype issue uh, now Skype doesn't work. But yeah, well, Skype has had Skype, the company itself, has had an issue all week. So we'll keep that in mind that if my audio is going to, so we'll see. I don't know. Maybe the people in the chat room can tell me if you're breaking up because you're breaking up like every couple of seconds. But Crap. no worries. We have uh, no worries. <laughs> Steve Katz is joining us tonight. Katz, yeah, I think that's how you say it. Uh, SDK Reptiles. Um, and we're going to be talking about, uh, you know, uh, his various carpet python projects, how he keeps them and breeds them. Um, he's out on the West Coast, so uh, like we say all the time, well, actually, we don't say it, but we say it kind of in between people. But uh, if you're out there, maybe on the West Coast, uh, you may be able to take in uh, some of the things that Steve talks about and maybe apply them to what you do. Uh, I think that we came to the realization, at least I did this past weekend, about how different a climate could be just in the United States when I was down at Bill's place in Texas and some of the things that he does that, you know, me and you wouldn't probably do because it's just, mm -hmm. it's just totally different, uh, you know, climate. So, um, you know, so there's, yeah. there's many ways to do this <laughs> and we're going to hear how Steve does it. So, yeah, and it's something different that you might want to think about, especially if you're a West Coaster as opposed to an East Coaster, about taking it into, you know, into your mix about how you breed your own reptiles. So. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't have many uh, many uh, West Coast people on, so it's... We're trying to educate you people, and we're doing a carbon <laughs> python show. I mean... Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> So what's new with you, Owen? What's going on? What's, new, what's new with me is Steve to call. What's new with me is uh, Romulus left yesterday. Um, my rough, my, one of my rough scale pythons yesterday, and uh, wung his way over to a breeder that we know who lives in Spokane, Washington. So I won't mention him by name, but uh, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. So that was. That was cool, getting him out. And then uh, I finally uh, drew up the designs and everything for the door to the snake room. Because I figure if we're going into winter, the last thing I want is to not insulate 
like I had last year. So uh, we're framing out the entire thing. And, you know, by next year's carpet fest, if it is here, uh, I will have an actual function on my snake room as opposed to those stupid sliding doors. So, yep. Well, that's cool. Always, you know, when I was when I was flying down to uh, no, when I was flying back uh, from the Southern yeah. Carpet Fest, uh, I decided to design my perfect reptile building. If I were to build it from the ground up, you know, just uh-huh. to pass the time, man, that yeah. that that would be sweet if I could actually make this happen. You know, like with a quarantine room and, uh, yeah. you know, uh, the southern carpets as opposed to the northern carpets and, the, the, you know, like yeah. keeping them cooler and all that kind of stuff. So man. Closet for your shipping supplies and all that other crap. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so now that you're, you're, now that you and your wife are like looking for a house, kind of, I don't know, we're getting into it like hardcore and I know you were looking for a house. Are you like, is that hindering your process now? Are you going like, no, my perfect snake room won't fit in here. Leave next house. <laughs> or, or are you willing to kind of yeah. wiggle a little bit? Well, I guess you kind of have to be able to wiggle a little bit, you know. I mean, um, if I just had a place that had some land, then eventually, you know, you could move to that. But talking to my sister, uh, because she's in real estate, uh, she's helping us with go. the house. I explained to her how important it was that I I didn't care about anything else except for the fact that I it's crucial that I don't move through the winter. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't do that again. You know, so, I do it. Um, We're not even your animals. I mean, like <laughs> I can't see that that happening again. So. No, 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 I can't do it again. So, yeah, I uh, I explained to her, so I asked her, like, what's the turnaround time typically for for a house? And, uh, yeah, you know, um, she said that you know, you're looking at probably, yeah, I think she said like 60 days, 90 days, you know. Um, yeah. But that puts Jeez. me right in the so, winter. So. Yeah. <laughs> See what I mean? To be honest, so uh, I started looking for mine, and then I found it in probably right, right around the last year. I want to say it was closer. In, I think we were more and more into October, and then of course uh-huh. I had it nailed down, and we settled in December. So yeah, it was like, oops. So I would I totally understand when you're like I'm not even going to look until like so. Um, yeah, smart move. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, so. I'm not looking until uh, at least until January. You know, I mean, yeah, obviously she knows what we're looking for. If something is something crazy, I would almost just keep my keep my place down until until Don't after that. I I pay the money. Please don't make it like I. I'll stay at the new house. I stay here with the snakes until after breeding season, and then we'll shift everything <laughs> over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can't. Uh, I couldn't. I couldn't. No. I couldn't move and do that. You know, this is prime time, man. I can't do that. Come on. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, now that we're, we're heading into October, do your 
Are you a dog? It's like every time I walk into the room, they're like up against the glass. So like, are you feeding us? And I'm like, whoa, whoa, calm down. Uh, I'm just yeah. here to replace waters. So it's uh, it, this is high time for when my adults are all gung ho about food because I guess they know it's coming, and you know I'm just trying to get myself ready for Tinley. So yeah. Uh... Um, you know, we talked about that, I think, a couple weeks ago, uh, about the fact that animals are kind of tuned in to, uh, to, to your season and they kind of know when it's time. And my, uh, my animals are, are, uh, are the same way. They're, they're pretty much, uh, geared in to say it's time, you know, feed me, feed me, or I'm not giving you eggs. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much what yeah. it comes to. Yeah. So so much yep. so that I got bit yesterday. I haven't, I haven't been bit by a carpet in years. You know, you got bit. And I got, like, yeah, I got nailed. You know, so damn from somebody like your said, size. I, that I, could be. <laughs> yeah, it was I, a I male, so that, you know, yeah. the male uh, oh. smaller. Oh, he's smaller. Okay, all right, good. So, <laughs> what was it? Just like so a, you were, you were cleaning. Just got you on the hand or something. Yeah, I mean, typically uh, I I just open the tub. Um, usually, actually, usually I use the hook. I use the hook to pull ah. up the, the tub, uh-huh. and uh, I use my hand, and boom, it just nailed me. It's just see, ready see, for food, you know. You, you deviated from the plan. You 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 do you did everything <laughs> this way, and then one day you don't is when you become a chew toy. So yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. 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 So, um, are but, are you uh, going to the, are you going to the Oaks show this Saturday? Um, no, I don't think I'll be able to get out of my house since the Pope is like shut down on the <laughs> Yeah, I wonder if the Pope will come to this show. Who knows? Maybe he's <laughs> a guy. He's a he's a pro reptile guy. Oh, Dude, he's here blessing all the reptiles. Uh, I don't know what to do. So yeah, I mean, like yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I we're on lockdown, I think, pretty much. So <laughs> I, I think everybody I in the greater field. I think I'm on lockdown, and I'm an hour away from you. So it's like yeah, it, yeah, yeah. They said Thanks. to uh, no, if anybody, nobody ship me anything until this guy leaves. Okay, because I don't even think a FedEx truck can drive. All right, so. No. Yeah, I mean, if if you're shipping out of out of Philly or into Philly, I would definitely make sure. I I don't know. I wouldn't do it. I would not ship this. Push weekend. it off. A, I would not a delay, guys. Yeah, look, because this this is the kind of crap that people aren't paying attention, and they send a snake or whatever. This is the kind of crap that a truck doesn't make it to the FedEx like go, doesn't make it to the FedEx facility on time to make the last shipment to get that snake on the last plane. So because it was held up in traffic or whatever the hell, now I've got a FedEx facility overnight or something like that. This is the kind of stuff. Now, I know that the weather on the East Coast isn't that bad, and I also know that uh, we're not being uh, through FedEx and through other places. I'm just saying this is where when that kind of crap happens. So if you guys are going to ship out or ship in, it's not going to hurt to delay until after all this is, I mean, they shut down 
uh, one major bridge and almost every major road around the city of Philadelphia um, for this. And you can't tell me that's not going to affect traffic patterns. So no, no, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it definitely is no doubt. So take uh, heed, people. But yeah, uh, Steve is uh, on the line. Let's uh, let's get him on here and let's get this party started. Hello, Steve. You're live. Welcome to the uh, to the show. Uh, glad to have you. Dave. <laughs> I don't know if he knows that. <laughs> that was an awkwardly Pick long pause. <laughs> we're, on the, we're on the floor or something like this. Uh, I mean, hold on. we might just the air. God, don't do this, Black <laughs> I just messaged him. Uh, so, Owen, this the is, Pope. He clicked him on at the exact moment he Mac, okay? It's how our timing is right now. So. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. I don't know if he... Yeah. What's doing? Oh, my thing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Steve, you there? Word, if you're there. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, we try to bring you the best of the reptile community and and its entertainment. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I'm really at it. I'm I'm, I'm at an advantage here because, uh, um, well, for one, I'm typing as I'm talking, and you know how good I am at that. Yes. Um, <laughs> did you um? I, and and of course we had mess up with freaking Skype blog talk today anyway, so Yeah, I know. With you. Yeah. I know you're typing, so I won't ask you too many questions. But Yeah, uh, I know. I Try, way to go, Owen. Oh, <laughs> you're supposed to talk, not ask me questions. It's the problem that you do. Start it and you stop it and then you don't say anything. So it's like, all right, I guess I talk now. Uh, Are you there, Steve? I'm going to <laughs> go ahead, Owen. Take over for a second. I'm going to see if I can get him on here. Hold on. All right, we'll have a reminder. Gonna... Let's go, reminder. ladies and gentlemen. The booster is still live for the Mario Python Radio T-shirts. I know I heard some flack coming from a few people that it is a black t-shirt again and apparently being very morose people that we are we all have too many black t-shirts all i'm asking you is buy one more black t-shirt you don't have to wear it just get it we have not hit the magic number that would get those t-shirts printed we only have 17 t-shirts sold we need a few more and the booster is running out of time we have actually technically not raised any yet we won't raise any money until we get past that magic number for USR. So, 
if you have not, if you do not have a Aurelia Python Radio T-shirt, which I'm going to start asking people, if you do not have one and you have not bought one, the next question you will have to be have to answer is why? Why haven't you done it? Because then you have to answer good enough, or I'm going to make you pay right then and there for a shirt and start doing this aggressively, holding people hostage. Anyway, go over onto the pick of the week. There's a link to the booster. You can also go to booster.com and look up Marley Python Radio. And there's also a link over on Facebook page on MarleyPythonRadio.com. Um, so go over there, click at any of those sites, head over there, buy the T-shirt. It's $25 plus $5 shipping. For you, all you do is buy the T-shirt using your name and have it shipped to my address. And contact me if that's what you want to do, because I'm not going to put my address out for the airwaves before everybody starts sending me hate mail. So that's what we're going to do. It's done. Okay, Owen. I, I got this. I got this straightened out here. It turns okay, out that job. the person that we thought was Steve was not Steve. <laughs> oh, we were clicking on. So they somebody must else. be just no. listening to the show live. You're just listening into the show when we click you live. Just tell us we fucked up. We'll move on. <laughs> yeah, but now we I have. So, uh, All right, so, let's, we've, let's, so Steve seems to nobody, and we've been talking to somebody else. Great. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> welcome, Steve, to uh, to the show. Um, Fine. Thank you, guys. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Now we're now we're yeah. in business. All right. All right, we're doing so well. Anyway, um, so uh, we started and uh, tell us uh, how you got into reptiles. Um, pretty much like everybody else, uh, the fascination started, you know, when I was a little kid. Um, I literally remember being a little toddler and going with my older brothers and my mom on hikes and filling a uh, cardboard shoebox with as many little uh, fence lizards as we could catch. And at the end of the trail, we would dump them all and see them all scatter for the bushes. <laughs> um, and it okay. just grew from there. Okay. That's cool. So, so what what brought you from lizard? Like, did you move further up on the reptiles or did you just go immediately right into snakes and pythons? Uh, no, when I was about, uh, five, I purchased a leopard gecko, um, Mm -hmm. with my birthday money and had that for quite a few years. Um, as I got older, um, by the time I was 10, I ended up getting, um, some more leopard geckos and, uh, decided I wanted to start breeding them. Um, and that's what kind of fueled it more. Um, was wanting to breed reptiles. I thought that was really fascinating since at least 10. And I bred them. I enjoyed that. And then it was time to move on to the next thing. I did cresteds, gargoyles, some chameleons. And shortly after, by the time I was 13, I got my first pair of bread lye. (laughs) Okay. Uh, and after that, it was just cut loose, um, trim the fat, I guess, sold off some of my lizards, and got more Morelia, 
uh, specifically an Erie and Jaya carpet python. And that was my first carpet. And from there, it's just grown and no more lizards. <laughs> yeah, they're too high maintenance. Uh, can you tell? <laughs> yeah, they are. They eat every day. I mean, God. Um, so can can you sort of a brief of? What was that? You're breaking up. You're breaking up, Alan. Um, I was gonna. You wanna call back what in? What collection are you working with right now? Oh, you're darn right. He is. So, go ahead, Eric. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Um, what Owen was trying to say, Steve, was uh, can you tell us about what type of collection that you're working with uh, right now? I mean, you, you said that you got into Erie and Jives, which you have some really top-notch ones. Um, what other uh, you. carpets are you working with? Uh, right now I have jungles, um, some <laughs> – everybody's going to give me crap about this – a couple of jag crosses and um uh some striped bread lie, some normal bread lie, um quite a few normal Irian Jayas. That's kind of what I'm focused on. Um mainly. Like I said, that was my first carpet, um and that's what I enjoy working with and love. So IJs, jungles, um of course mutations within that um and Specifically, I mean, the list goes on. <laughs> um, um, some zebras, um, just no inlands right now, no normal coastals, not really into the hypo-coastals, even though I think you could do some cool stuff with them uh, in terms of crossing them with other mutations. <laughs> No coastal. Oh, absolutely. I, I, you've lost me. I don't really know. No what normal <laughs> coastals. No, no uh, normal. Okay, all right. Okay, all right. I'm 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 back on now. Anyway. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have to be. You have to make sure what's going on with that. So, um, aside from the carpet pythons, or I, I may have missed this. Are you working with any other kind of python species? Uh, no. I for a None? minute. No. Right. <laughs> uh. It's, I lied. I have one green tree python, but that would ah. still be Morelia. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind, kind of, but not. Okay. It's I not a you. carpet, but it's Morelia. Yes. So uh, what what drew you to carpet python as opposed to everything else? Their attitude, their color, their pattern, they're just a little bit cooler than other snakes in my opinion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I really like that they start off pretty much with no color and as as they grow with each shed I mean they just that color generally comes in um, you know whether you got yourself a expensive uh, carpet python or just a little cheapy normal I guess as some people would say um, their their color comes in and mm-hmm. I hate seeing, you know, at shows or uh, pet stores, a carpet python for sale. It's like, well, there's localities. There's so much more to them. <laughs> what What is it? I mean, yeah, it's like, it's a carpet yeah. python. No, no, but 
what is it yet? So exactly. And that, yeah. Cool. Yeah, I saw an ad today. So there was an there was an ad on I can't remember one of the classifieds on Facebook, and they were saying that they had an IJ, and people were asking, is it a cross? Is it pure? And they were saying, what do you want? It's sixty five bucks. You know, <laughs> it's like wow. So, one more reason to buy from breeders. It's crap. Not what do you want? Flippers. Yes. Saying that, saying that as well as the language of your ads being like just normal or, you know, degrade animal. It's like okay, way to knock down your own stuff. Congratulations. But whatever. More room for other people. Yeah, that stuff drives me crazy. I'm a purist at heart, and seeing <laughs> stuff like that. Really gets me going. <laughs> Excellent. We'll get passion flowing in a minute. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Towards the end of the program, we will have a lot of yeah. passion going yeah. back and forth. No troubles. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, <laughs> reserve the, yeah. That the end of the program is for the guests to rant and rave and you know all that other stuff. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. Um, we like we said at the beginning of the show, you're over there on the West Coast, and um, I think that uh, when we talk about reptiles, it's important to state uh, where you're from because your approach may be different than you know how Mia and Owen approach here on the East Coast. Um, so I always like to. It always seems that we ask these questions over and over again, but I think that. You get little little nuggets of information, uh, especially if you're from the area that the guest is on. So uh, I think it's important. But that being said, what's your approach to keeping carpets? Like, just give us your basic uh, what you do husbandry wise. Are you, are you know, as far as <clears throat> caging and temperatures and uh, you know your maintenance, all that kind of stuff. Um, starting with babies, um, I keep. I keep all of my hatchlings, whether I produce them or buy some babies um, from somebody else, in a snake rack with an underbelly heat source. I put perches in their cages. I keep them on paper towel and a good size water bowl. I keep an eye on, you know, when they're going to the restroom and how they're shedding. If they're having problems shedding, you know, I'll adjust accordingly, but generally keeping them in a rack isn't a problem for me um, over here in Southern California. I think that okay. a perch really helps or somewhere, you know, some fake plants um, for them to feel, I guess, secure, and they they okay. do better eating. So I noticed that when I didn't have a perch in their tubs, um, they'd be on the floor, and they wouldn't really want to eat. And as soon as I add that perch in, they go climb up on it, and not a problem getting them to eat for me. My sub-adults are in a bigger rack. Um, uh-huh. I keep those guys anywhere from 88 to 90 as well on the hot side. The reason I do a little bit cooler is because I noticed that we could get a, I can get away with them not being as hot as, say, the babies. And they do fine. They still eat. And, of course, I keep an eye on which snake um, doesn't and change things accordingly. 
I keep them on pine shavings, give them a hide cave and a good-sized water bowl. And if they have any problems shedding, same thing. I either switch them to cypress mulch, give them a soak, um, or give them like sphagnum moss, stuff like that. My adults I keep in melamine cages, and they have a perch. And for most of the year, they have cypress mulch, and they still have like a nesting box with moist cypress mulch that they go into and retreat. And same thing, those guys, I keep about 88 to 90 in their hot spot. And they just thrive. Um, Change water uh, as needed. You know, if it's, I pretty much check on my snakes every day. If the water's dirty, just change it. I mean, I've heard so many bad stories about somebody not changing a water bowl and their snake drinking from it and something coming up and they need to go see a vet after. Same thing with um, them taking a dump. It's so easy to just throw some shavings over that, um, grab grab that handful, trash it, and then refill that spot with fresh shavings. It takes two seconds. Um, so I, right. I try to keep them very clean. There's no exceptions for dirtiness. It, it looks nasty, smells nasty, um, and mine just thrive for me um, doing that in terms of temps and the bedding I keep them on um, and husbandry, I guess, across the board. <laughs> okay. Good. So do you do you notice a difference between, so if you're keeping jungles, let's say IJs, um, which tend to like it a little warmer, uh, do you notice a difference between that and the way you keep, say, your bread lie? No, um, throughout the year, they're pretty much all kept the same. Um, Bread lie, you can keep just like um, jungles and IJs in my personal experience. Um, In terms of breeding them, that's a little bit different, though. Okay. Um, But, yeah, very, very... Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. Uh, uh, yeah, very easy uh, to keep all all three of those um, in in the same care, same circumstances. In my opinion, with my experience, I haven't had any problems at all. Okay. Yeah, we'll get into uh, to the breeding when we when we hit on that. Maybe how you change up, you know, your bread lie as opposed to your other ones. But uh, how about do you do, do you, well? Do you have a dedicated reptile room, or you just have a what's your what's your setup like as far as that goes? Most people, I think, try to have a reptile room, and when you're really mm-hmm. invested and into it, it just kind of takes over every part of the house, one way or another. Well, that's true. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Um, so that's happened with me, but I do have majority of my carpet pythons. I keep in my garage, um, and they thrive in there. I do have a green tree python in the bedroom, and that's pretty much it. So my reptile room would be my garage. Okay. Now, do you do, like, a like a supplemental heating as far as, like, the ambient, or you're just using the hot spots and whatever the room temperature is? I have um, all my heat on thermostats. 
Um, so the the hot spot, you know, is set to, like I said, anywhere from 88 to 90. And, you know, on some summer days where it gets too hot, you know, the thermostat uh, shuts off the heat, and they do fine. I'm in there constantly. I'm always concerned about too hot or too cold, even though they're just fine. Um, and more often than not, they're still sitting on the heat side, still trying to get that heat. Um, and it's, you know, 92, 94 sometimes on that side. The cooler end tends to get down um, to the 80s, believe it or not, even in my garage on hot days. Wow. That's, you know, that's, again, this is just so great. This is crazy that I think that Owen would probably say the same thing that I'm about to say. Like, so my ambient temperature in my room is probably maybe 78 to 80 degrees. And then, like, mm-hmm. as far as hot spots go, you're probably looking at maybe 85 tops. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But yeah. I, oh, know that, uh, <laughs> I know that Chris, Chris uh, Salemi, up in, he's up in New York, um, he he kind of has that hotter uh, hotter temperature approach, um, which is it, I just find it interesting. You know, it's just there's so many different ways. I mean, the reason that I kind of went cooler is because I noticed that they were always trying to get away from the heat. But you're saying this is what triggered this is that you're saying that they're always going to the heat. So yeah, that's just fascinating, huh? Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe that's why I can't get mine to stop eating. <laughs> no, 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 they eat regardless. Um, but we are talking about animals raised in different settings in different places. I mean, what I would be, yeah. what I would find extremely interesting is if we took an animal from Steve's and brought it here, how it would react yeah. to the alterations in uh, keeping. If it would eat, if it would breed, if it would do all this stuff, it would probably act fine, but... I would want to say that this is probably why every once in a while you get that one animal that once you get it, it takes like a month for it to start feeding and functioning. And cause it, it's probably a big culture shock to them. So, or sure. keeping shock. Yeah. So that's yeah. something I would like to try. Yeah. So. That wouldn't okay. be a shocker to me at all. I mean, when I first yeah. moved uh, my collection into my garage, um, the first thing I did was put the cages in there and set them up with no animals. And I was checking mm-hmm. in there day and night um, and seeing what the temps were. And I'm thinking, oh, right. it's going to be too hot. You, you know, maybe it's going to be too hot. And threw some stuff in, and they thrive. And like I said, mm-hmm. more often than not, they're on the hot end basking. Right. Interesting. Now, mm-hmm. let me ask you this question. This would be just an interesting to hear. Do you turn your heat off at night? No, I have mine set to night drop. Um, okay. So it goes down. How low does that I, go? Um, during yeah, the summer here in Southern California, I mean, we have 80-degree nights. <laughs> um, but I'll set it down to, you know, 75 to 78, which sounds funny because I think Owen said that's his cool end. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was like I think my my ambient room temperature is 80, 82 and yeah. then my cages, their hot spots are all set to 85, 84. Um, I have a few guys that like a little bit warmer. But, yeah, that's, you know, you're talking like 80-something nights. I mean, like I've dropped my animals close to 80 and seen breeding action. So it's, you know, <laughs> I mean, I, you drop it close to 80, and all of a sudden <coughs> the coastals are like, all right. So, you know, it's 
one of those things. So, huh. funny how this stuff That's works out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, you know, I was the reason that I was asking is because sometimes people, like I turn my heat off at night, um, mm. and it really doesn't get that that cold. But I don't have any heat on at night, uh, so you're maybe looking at maybe seventy eight degrees. It drops down to, um, but I notice with like my diamond pythons, I keep them outside of my reptile room, and they get down maybe. 65, 70, you know, like that, you know, that, that cold. Um, and what they'll do is they'll, they have like 95 degree hot spots and they'll come out and they'll bask in there for a while and then, you know, and they're cooled down at night, but it's just interesting. All right. So do you do anything as far as lighting? Uh, do you, do you, do you do anything with that? I... As a heat source or like UVB, we're talking. Either or. Um, um, use, uh, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, do you use uh, like I don't know, like some people use like bulbs for heating, uh, or using uh, for for like adults and such. Uh, for my adults, I have a heat bulb. I have a. Right. A little cage guard that's around that to prevent them from burning themselves, even though they likely won't. I just don't want any scars on my animals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. <laughs> I I personally keep um, like my jungles and my <clears throat> my bread lie and one IJ under um, under UVB, and I personally believe it helps their color. Not crucial to health, but helps uh, helps their color. I could see that. I would, uh, yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, they always look better in the sun. So, all right. Huh. Very okay. Cool. What about, um, and you were saying that your your carpets are feeders. They're feeding all the time. You feed? Are you a weekly feeder or are you seasonal feeder? How, how do you work it down? So, anything that I have that... Um, is an adult and not one of my breeder animals. Um, when I had, I had two big adult male bread lie that were, you know, bona fide eight feet and, you know, we're talking almost um, as thick as a small guinea pig. Um, you know, just just huge and massive. I was getting away with feeding those guys um, four times a year. A extremely large jumbo rat and they were puppy dog tame. You know, I could reach in there and pull them out and no problems. My other stuff that's breeding, um, I do have to feed once a week, um, even if it's not near breeding season, you know, right after, right before. Um, they're eating once a week for me as well as babies. So I'm pretty much a once a week um, feeder. Okay. Cool. All right. Yeah. Um, like I said, can't get them to stop. <laughs> <laughs> Not necessarily a bad thing, but yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah. and let me real quick add and touch yeah. on that. Uh, that's maybe that's because I'm keeping them so hot. I do keep an eye on um, not allowing my snakes to become obese. I do take them out and let them crawl around. Um, 
I've seen in some collections um, snakes that don't climb around, don't do anything, and they kind of just look limp and they don't really breed. Um, and they don't, they, they almost don't even look obese, but they don't do much. Um, and I keep mine warm and I do pay attention to that. So don't just take this as, oh, I could feed them once a week huge meals and get them big and fat and they'll thrive if they keep wanting to eat. Now keep an eye and make sure that yours don't become obese if you're taking <laughs> um, what I'm saying to heart. <clears throat> sure. So don't don't feed a guinea pig sized rat to carpet python every yeah. three days. <laughs> yeah. Good job. <laughs> all right. Yeah. All right. We can take that. That's a lesson we can all take to heart. Eric. Yeah. Overfeeding yeah, right. son of a. I mean. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. That's not me. <laughs> no, I know. Um, does the uh, does the area you live in um, lend itself to humidity or hydration issues? If so, do you how do you overcome them? Do you do you have any problems with that? Uh, the humidity here. I mean, I couldn't tell you. I don't. I don't keep track of humidity with any gauges, whether it be for personally or for my reptile collection. Notice that per cage. In one room, not only my collection, um, people that I work with, you know, friends of mine, one cage could be right next to the other and that snake be having a a um, humidity issue and it's kept the same way. And I think it's it just varies pretty much per cage, not per animal. When I do have the problems, you know, I catch it, I soak the animal that day pull off the skin and then I generally keep them on cypress mulch or moss um, or I add in a separate box with uh, the mulch or the moss uh, moistened of course so that way they have the option to go in there and right before a shed they'll go in there and they shed in one piece and no more problems okay awesome um, and if you could give one tip to keepers of carpet pythons, what would that be? <laughs> uh, uh, get a snake hook. <laughs> that is a good one. <laughs> yeah, very well. That is and, a good one. And open open their tub or cage uh, with your face um, by your shoulders and your arm completely extended up. <laughs> Um, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Is there a story behind that? Did you like do the whole like I'm gonna look in real quick and then get met with teeth? Oh, all my stuff. I mean, it's just as soon as I open that tub, there more often yeah, than now, not coming flying I out. Knock, I will knock on wood right now. I have <laughs> never received what I like to call a face bite. A, a and kiss. A face bite is exactly as it sounds. They put teeth on your face, so. Did you get close to one of those or no? No, luckily I've not been tagged in the face. It's always something okay. I worry about. Mainly, mainly a tooth going through your eyelid and catching your eye. <laughs> that happened. To, that that happened to Jason Balin at a show. He's like, "Look at this pretty jungle," and get him right in the face, on Ooh. the eye. And we were all like, "Oh my god!" And he goes, "Well, <laughs> put it back in." It was the weird stuff that happens at shows. Anyway, so. That is a good tip to have the hook. Yeah. Snake hook yeah. and uh, give them something to perch on. 
and that's it. There you go. Now, do you find I I I always like to uh, hit in this question and delve into this a little bit. Do you find that your adults perch uh, regularly? Yes. Um, really? Okay. When I had my big eight-foot uh, bread lie before I sold those guys off, and we'll get more into that uh-huh. later <laughs> as uh, the breeding topic uh-huh. comes around. Um, yep. Right. Those guys would perch, and what I did was I used um, these little end caps that are made for holding up a shower curtain rod that you could get at a hardware store. Okay. Um, and I I super glued those to the sides of my cages and cut a PVC pipe um, big enough to slip right in, and my big eight-footers would perch on that. Uh, my Erian Jayas tend to sit on the side of of what I use a styrofoam box for their egg laying box, um, kind of like a kid would sit on like a curb or the side of the wall, just hanging off to the side. So hmm. I I do notice my adults do okay. perch. <clears throat> That's cool. See, I noticed that like with mine, I did I, for. Earlier, I used to give them the uh, the chance to perch, and I noticed that they never would, so I kind of just moved away from it. But I don't know. I hear I hear that more and more that they uh, that they perch. It's interesting. Yeah, definitely not all the time, but they will utilize it. Mhm. Um. What would be your favorite carpet in the complex? <laughs> uh, yeah, have to be uh, carpet, want. or could it be Morelia? No, that's the carpet. We'll be... get to Morelia things later. <laughs> oh, you mean as far as in the like, complex? Well, when I say when I say carpet complex, I'm including breadlie. So, okay, then breadlie. Yeah. All right. Okay. Breadlie, hands down. <laughs> just okay. From the moment I saw them, um, I I knew I had to have them, and I I knew nothing about them, and and just started doing research and got them not too long after. Um, okay. okay, so at least you did some research first. Yeah, so, <laughs> you're one of those guys. Like, and then I bought it, and then I'm like, what do I do? So, <laughs> yeah, good. good move. Yeah, this Burmese python only gets four to five feet, right? <laughs> yes. So what is it about uh, what is it about the bread lie that 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 gets you like what? When you first saw them, what stood out to them? Is it the color? Is it what? Definitely the color. Their their mm-hmm. head shape is, I think, bigger than other carpets. It's just massive. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. but that that brick red, and I had no idea when I had got them about morphs of any types, but um, comparing them, just the wild type is just stunning. That brick red. And off to the tail, how the color changes and even the pattern. So they're True. just just stunning, in my opinion. Um, just when you're comparing wild types to each other. Very cool. Um, and I, like you, you had mentioned earlier that you uh, you work with one chondro, and I think I read on your website, maybe it was your Facebook page about. Uh, you know, that you're going to try to breed it to a carpet. 
Is that, yes. Is that, are you going for the Carpondros? Is that uh, going for the Carpondros? This interview is over. That's it. <laughs> I knew I was going to catch fire for saying that. Well, at least you. Oh, all right, well, you said Carpondro. If you were said, I will now make the Brettel Condro, I'd be done. I'd no. Be <laughs> yeah. Thank God. Summer strength. So. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go for the Carpondros. Um, people like them. They tend to sell. I mean, there's not too many around that I see for sale every year. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I, If I produce them, um, I do have some buddies who would take them off my hands if I couldn't sell them, and I'm okay with keeping them, you know, no. <laughs> long term if they didn't sell. They're just they're they're pretty they're cool it's the best of both worlds. Yeah, it, I must I, I, can I must that. admit I must admit that you know I was not really a huge fan of Carpondros till I saw the ones. Oh that, my God, uh, Bill got to you, didn't he? Bill got. <laughs> yep. Um, yep. <laughs> I'll tell you, Owen. They they're pretty impressive when you see them in person. I blame Bill for that. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if it was something that I would ever breed per se, yeah. but it's definitely something that I would keep. You know I would I mean? admit it would definitely be. I, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was gonna say I, I would be something that I definitely would like keep as a pet. Um, yeah. um You know, I I still think about wanting to get the colon spice on. <laughs> just because. Oh, God. Oh, God, no. Oh, my. Oh, Lord, no. <laughs> now the phone conversation is over. Yeah, now it's over. <laughs> now it's done. Close it up. But again, but, um, see, this is what this is what fascinates me with this topic is, is that there are certain species that you can't cross, but then there's certain species that you can cross, even though, you know, like genetically, if you look at it, it's the same thing. You know genetically, I mean? like, you look... Yeah, I know, but you have your own lines. Like it's if the I same thing. You, I want to, yeah, but if I told you I wanted to take my Xantic Jag and cross it to, you know, a hypo brettle, you'd be over here in five minutes to smack me. So it's, No, it's to like, repossess the hypo brettle. Exactly. Give me this. You don't deserve this. You sit down and think about what you've done. I mean, also, I joke about the rough-scale chondro, but I do not want to be the guy that does that first. Um, I want to see it, but I don't want to, I don't want to do it. So you'll I, make I, history. I do it. <laughs> no, no, I can't. <laughs> but it, 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 and I will admit that the there's something about a carpondro where it looks like some of the ones that look more green tree python in the body structure, but have the messed up weird colors that I can only attribute to the carp python. Like uh, uh, Bill had that one that's like green. But it looks like somebody went over it once or twice with a black spray paint. I mean, and it just has like it has like black speckles and spots and weird crap all over it. That looks funky to me, and I can admit that that's yeah. an attractive looking animal. I don't want it, but you know, it's pretty cool. So, and of course, people are like all about the different colors of chondros and mixing that with carpondros or jag chondros. I, yeah. I know. Probably maybe even this year. I've, I've been waiting for the zebra to crop into Carpondros, like the I don't even know what the hell you call it. But you know, instead of a Jag Pondro, it's a zebra Pondro, or whatever the hell you guys want to say. So 
Right. Keep your eyes peeled. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I guess the problem that I have with that the only the only issue I it's not that I have a problem with it but I'm sure mm. that you guys would agree um, especially when you're looking at like brittle jags or something like that those. IJ Jags would be another one. So those normal-looking offspring um, yeah. could pass as a normal IJ or a normal uh, brettle, yeah. you know, even though the Jag part of it will be really cool. And I think you'd be able to tell it's the normal one. That's where yeah. you all should invest in blackheads. <laughs> yeah, or, or, what, or, or understand that you're not going to go and get if you want, if an important if a project is that important to you that you need pure stock, go directly to the source. Don't go from this is the third guy that's owned this animal. He doesn't have any information for you to back up his claims, but he heard about it. Or yep. the dealer at the table, you can never take this stuff as a pure animal. Um, mm-hmm. That's obvious. Um, so I think that. it comes down to responsible selling and marketing. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna say what it is. We see it is. We see 93% jungle jags, but you don't ever see the 93% jungle jag sibling. Um, right. It's very rare. Right. Those um, have already and, been sold to somebody else's table as a jungle. So, or yep. Or yeah. wholesaled to a uh, big reptile company that's just going to pump them out to little reptile stores and then you're going to walk in and see carpet python for sale $65 <laughs> perfect exactly. So yeah exactly that's 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 where you're at with this kind of stuff and i guess where it comes with me with the carpondro stuff is um it's the carpondros like the marriage between a carpet and a green tree i have that it's called a rough scale so um, <laughs> i'm good <laughs> so, <laughs> The thing with like, I'm if good. you take the Collins Python just for as for as an as an example, it, it's an easier way I don't to get think a that you would ever be able to pass that off as a normal carpet, and it definitely no. won't pass as a Bowens. But <laughs> I can tell you that I tell you what one of the when when I was at Bill's place, the one Carpondro <clears throat> that he had, if you would have sold it to me as a like a a crazy. Um, Condro, you know, like a crazy-looking Condro, I would have bought it with my sinker. Yeah, I would have thought it was a crazy-looking Condro. Like, uh, imagine you know what I mean? Some dumbass. I mean, I mean, imagine if you were some dumbass who bought the Colins and then posted it up on Facebook saying, "Look at my new Bowens Python." (laughs) Can you imagine that? Colins is locality, right? Exactly. Yeah, I mean, from a mountain range. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine oh, man. the money you just wasted on that? So I guess. The, I mean, us knowing snakes. Crazier looking. The. Go ahead. No. Yeah. Uh, well, I was gonna say us knowing snakes. I mean, you cross a carpet and a Bolins for the colon, and uh, you could tell right off the back. But if you. Yeah. You know, breed one of the parents back to one of the babies and do that again, it's the same issue as the high percentage jags. You know, some of those siblings are going to favor one species, and you might be able to pass it off at that point. And Bolins being hard to breed, I mean, not too many people brag about, you know, all their Bolin clutches. 
you might run into issues going that route. Yeah. I mean, there's already issues with the with the subspecies of carpets, you know, with the jag sibs. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Interesting. But it is. Uh, we'll talk some breeding now. <laughs> yes, we will. Um, why don't you walk us through what your approach is to uh, breeding, step by step? Let's uh, let's go with other carpet pythons. We'll get to the brettles later. So go with the normal guys. Uh, first thing I do is wait for this brutal heat to go away, which could be <laughs> as late as the end of November, uh, sometimes mid-December. Okay. Uh, so once the heat goes away, you know, um, or at least my nights are staying cool, then I start to, you know, uh, drop my, my temps both day and night, um, second thing I do is grab my complete carpet python book that Nick and Justin wrote and mm-hmm. make sure I, I go over everything again. You know, this is going to be the fourth uh, consecutive year that I've uh, bred uh, carpets, and I'll still look at that book. You know, um, I want to be successful in doing this, so I'm going to look at the book and remember what works for me. I have my own notes that I write down. Um, but like I said, drop those temps and just keep in mind, they do all the work. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, yeah, you just sit back and watch, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't have to do anything. I put them together, they do it. Yeah, so, and upload yeah. pictures of their uh, tails locked up. And Exactly. <laughs> I take pictures, I wait for eggs, and then the work isn't even mine either. Either it's the incubators or it's mom's. I just have to, again, just kind of watch. So, yeah. All right. But now, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, uh, you know, of course, winding down on the food and consumption and slowly weaning them off and just having them go all of winter with no food. Um, and like I said, dropping their temps uh, accordingly. Everybody, depending on whether you have a reptile room or thermostats hooked up to your cage or in a different part of um, the state or world, it's going to be weather permitting pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. So uh, what do you do differently when it comes to the bread lie? Those guys I have in my biggest cage unit, um, that I have on a stand come winter the stand gets dropped to the floor uh, right on the floor Um, and I drop their temps I set it so you know of course you know slowly wind them down you don't want to shock them but by the end of it it's pretty much just as cold as it'll get I crack Mm -hmm. their glass doors open so that cold could get in Um, and find myself opening up my garage door to let in that cold air, um, you know, throughout throughout the night. Sometimes I, I go in the middle of the night and I open it up, um, get some cold air in there, and like I said, I drop those guys <clears throat> uh, to 60, and I believe at one point I had them at like 58, 
and I was mm-hmm. talking to Nick, and I'm thinking, you know, I'm, I'm not doing it right. And he's like, 58, geez, that's colder than me or something. It was, it was something where it was a few degrees cooler than him, and he's like, no, that's pretty cold. Like, you could maybe warm him up a little bit more. <laughs> maybe give him a uh, little bit more. Um, and do you, do you give them a bad heat spot during the day or give them a little bit more heat during the day? Yes, uh, definitely okay. still a 90-degree uh, basking spot. There's only mm-hmm. a few days, um, a few consecutive days that I'll drop that hot spot um, from 84 to 88, and I'll kind of bounce that around. So I guess in a sense during breeding season I'm working a little bit, but it's only on the <laughs> thermostat. <laughs> it's, it's funny because you said about your, your, your keeping differences with your whole uh, basking spots and all those other things. But as far as breeding bread lie, you and I are on the same page. Like, you're right on the money. So, hmm, <laughs> keeping different places, but breeding is the same. I like that. Yeah. All right. So uh, why don't you tell us the story of um, what you did and what was kind of the buildup to producing your first clutch of bread <clears throat> Um, it started in uh, 2008 (laughs) when I bought my first pair um, and my first snakes ever still have the receipt in my little uh, things to my little trophy bin I guess Mm -hmm. Um, and shortly after um, you know I was still a kid when I had them um, some family stuff came up and I had to sell off that initial pair Mm -hmm. so I still wanted to breed them, was always looking. Um, I remember being at, I think it was the 2010 NARBC Anaheim show <clears throat> and not knowing who Justin Julander was, but holding his uh, bread lie. And I just remember his elaborate Australian addiction display and mm-hmm. had no idea that there's, you know, people breeding carpets for a living i'm thinking i'm the only guy who breeds carpets i didn't know anybody i didn't talk to anybody (laughs) online i'm just i'm the oddball out who likes you know morelia um and then was finally able to um get a a pair of uh 2010 babies um from a guy in new york and just started raising those up um along the way in 2000 11 I got a pair of uh, a yearling pair of genetic stripes and I'm mm-hmm. raising those up as well and I'm thinking well I want to produce bread lie a little sooner so I invest in some adults and the first person I contact is Nick Mudden of course cuz by right. this time I now know some names maybe 3 <laughs> <laughs> um, I know the important ones all right yeah no <laughs> Um, so I contact him and of course he doesn't have an adult female ready to breed animal because who does you're going to breed her right and who's willing to sell that exactly (laughs) exactly so I contact him and he's like no no ready to breed females but I got a male that I'll sell you and you know he was he was a twin male and all this stuff and he looks awesome I see a picture of him on his website and I say you know what I'll do it so I buy that guy and sure enough, in a local reptile store, somebody had an adult female that they knew I was looking for. Um, at least that's what it was marked as on the cage. <laughs> and yeah. I I bought that. And then I 
bought another one from somebody online. Um, okay. So now I have 1.2, and we're now in 2012. Okay. I start dropping the temps, you know, cooling them down, doing everything that the book says and everybody's telling me to do, and seeing no interest at all. And I have all three of them together. I'm pulling the mail out, separating them, um, feeding them, putting them back together, all kinds of nonsense that... You know, when you're when you're desperate, you're desperate. That kind of thing. Yep. Yeah. You throw you throwing Jello at the wall and seeing what sticks. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm doing all, right. all of that. Um, just man, this is what I really want to produce. I'm I'm not seeing anything. I'm doing it all wrong. I'm doing it all wrong is what I'm telling myself. So that's 2012 uh, winter that we go through nothing. Um, 2013 we do it again and. I see uh, one of the big uh, females, in quote, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, laying belly up and stuff, and I'm thinking I did it. You know, I'm close, and, you know, it sheds, and then I take out that shed skin, and it's now in a cage by itself. I go to work. I come home that day, and it's shed again. I'm like, twice in one day? What the hell is going on? It doesn't make any sense. Wait. And I kind (laughs) I contacted some people, and they said, you're crazy. It's not, you, you know, you missed a shed. I'm like, no, both were wet. It's in a cage by itself. I I know what I'm doing. Well, I don't know what I'm doing, but I know <laughs> <laughs> I know what's I know, going on. I can count to one, all right? I yeah. got it. Um, right. And so laying belly up, get the sheds, nothing. You know, trying to palpate it and don't fill eggs and you know, talking to Nick, and he's like, well, if it's a female, you know, is she likely reabsorbed, and you got as close as you could get to producing some without producing some. He goes, so try again, and where are we at? That's 2013. Um, yeah. So 2014, last year, I'm seeing nothing, and um, I put up on my website all of my bread life for sale, my normal pair from 2010, my genetic yeah. stripe pair, and these adults, and I'm saying, you know, take them all for this killer price or loan price or pair price. I'm just ready to throw in the towel. Uh-huh. And I have, I work at a full-line reptile store in uh, Montclair, Amazon Reptile Center. Okay. And the owner, Mike, um, you know, a good friend of mine, um, agreed to come down to my house and help me probe these big animals since I knew nobody else to help me. And hold these right. things. Holding um, an eight-foot animal by yourself can be difficult. Yeah. So, all right. <laughs> so on. we probe them, and my 1.2 turns out to be 3.0. Oh, no. <laughs> um, I was so afraid we were headed here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh. that's that's where we're here, guys. Oh, um, so I just kind of said, well. There's a chance I was doing it right, but you can't breed three uh, males together. No, you can't. That can't happen. Uh, <laughs> so um, I will give this to Nick. His animal was uh, properly sexed. <laughs> okay. He sold it to me as a male, and it was a male. Those other two were wrong. So oh, I sold those three off. Um, I took the animals offline off my website and no longer mm-hmm. no longer had them up for sale. And I, you know, slammed my normals with food and my genetic stripes with food and did the same process I was doing for those guys. Um, Mm -hmm. 
And sure enough, um, oh, I don't know, I think I saw the first um, tail tails locking up in February because, you know, yeah. they're a little bit different. Um, they're later than everything yeah. else. <clears throat> um, so it worked, you know, taking them down cold, as I mentioned earlier, and um, not feeding them. And I got some eggs from both of them. And four days after, you know, I got my genetic stripe clutch, they all went bad very quick. Like I said, four days. Um, But the normals stayed strong. And I lost one egg, you know, uh, like two weeks before they hatched. And the rest all hatched. And they're all doing great. And I have one pair that I was going to put up for sale, but uh, sold last night before I even put them up. So those are doing great. Awesome. (laughs) <laughs> very cool and so that, that's that a, sounds that's a good story <laughs> yeah that's that's the story of how i bred my bread lie yeah it's it, and you know what it's it's a story that i'm finding out is way more common when it comes to bread lie is a lot of the times you hear um not necessarily the missexing but people getting close but then not getting it right to the edge or like they're not dropping their tents down or because they're such late breeders, and you said you didn't see your first lot till February. Yeah. I have people calling me in like March and saying, I haven't seen any action, so I separated them. I'm like, put them back together. Don't yeah. take them apart until like May. Yeah. I mean, like, leave <laughs> them alone. Don't take them apart until you see that she ovulates or until she lays <laughs> eggs. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, uh, the problem is if we have ourselves so ingrained with the normal breeding, you get down to the spring breeders, people quit too early. So, yeah. uh, yeah. The well, other done. common and thing with uh, bread lie is everybody selling their four and five year old adults that don't breed at three and four years of age. But um, two years. Yeah. Yeah. And you get a little more. So. Yeah. Sell me yeah. all your five year old females, guys. I, I will know what them. I'm doing. Here. <laughs> <laughs> I, actually, that's how I got my second female. Is somebody had a five year old that they uh, um, wasn't going for them, so she's here, and then I'll give her her first shot with me this year so yeah isn't um, that that funny that with carpets if if it's a three to six year old virgin female posted online you're like no i don't want that it's it's a virgin because when they put it with their male it didn't produce or lay eggs but a yeah. virgin female five to eight year old bread lie is a gold mine because that's just, right that's right in the warehouse <laughs> <laughs> that's she should be so yeah yeah, everybody, don't give up on your brettles so early. So, And I assume that can go across the board. I have not worked with Inlands, but I assume Inlands, Diamonds, uh, they'll probably kind of work the same way. So, I would cool. say any snake, even your ball pythons and corn snakes. If if you're truly into it, don't give up. I mean, I'm mm. in this for the hobby. You know, it's it's <laughs> really rewarding to sell a snake, but uh, stick it out. It's fun. Yeah. I work with ugly animals. Um, so <laughs> nobody likes water pythons. Anyway, um, so I noticed uh, in one of your pics that you sent us, or Eric sent me that you sent to him, um, your jungle is all kind of twisted up. Uh, have you noticed this in other females right before they lay, um, or has this just been a one-time experience? Um, it's all twisted up. Yeah, that chat for everybody. <laughs> That female really did uh, tie herself into a knot. Uh, okay. It was it was quite interesting um, witnessing that. 
you know, because she couldn't, when I pulled open the tub, if she wanted to, she couldn't have moved and tagged me or done anything. She was just, she was all tied up. Um, and of course I left her alone and she found her way. But in my experience, um, when the females are gravid, uh, just like the book says and everybody talks about and posts pictures about, they will lay, you know, upside down and, and look dead. <laughs> but that yeah. female is the first one I've had, like, tie herself up and just, she really, she really wanted to show me something. And she was actually a eight-year-old animal at that time, seven-year-old animal. It was her mm-hmm. first time breeding. She was a mouser, so it took forever to get her off size. So you think maybe it's because of the fact you said she was in a bin, right? Uh-huh. So maybe, I don't know, if that had something to do with it or if she was just kind of trying to get them all warm and really kind of not – or she's just stupid. Um, either one works. But, um, <laughs> well, uh, I noticed uh, notice right before the female's going to lay – that my females do that crazy position. So yeah. they've never, like, oh, and I think you told me your snakes bask belly up sometimes. Mine never do that. Um, Some girls do, I can, some don't. Yeah, I, I never get that. But as soon as she's going to let, like, I mean, like, if I, if I open up a tub or a cage or whatever and I see a snake look like this, uh, the eggs are coming the next day. Well, yeah. I imagine I imagine labor in any animal is uncomfortable. So, um, <laughs> for all I know, this could be their way yeah, of kind of dealing with that kind of stuff. Um, and uh, also with the basking belly up, uh, I, I count that as that uh, we have different ways of heating our systems. All my mm-hmm. guys are heated by uh, over-the-top ambient uh, radiant heat panels. So to warm the eggs, they do have to flip them up. Uh, if you got heat coming from the bottom, maybe they don't need to. So, yeah, that snake uh, was in a rack with underbelly heating, and mm-hmm. I just like to tell myself that instinct kicks in, and you know the sun is above them, and in the wild they would <laughs> shine their belly to the sun and say, you that know, one this. Sense. <laughs> but I, I don't know. It's probably them being uncomfortable that makes them do it. I don't think anybody. Maybe maybe Nick will write a book on that. <laughs> maybe that'll be the next one, next paper. Yeah, yeah. we'll have to tell them how uncomfortable our snakes are looking at the moment. Yeah. But, um, can you tell us I just, about your I just think it's a good thing that if you're breeding, if you're breeding yes. for the first time, this would be one of those things that, you know, <laughs> as, as as us that have bred previous. What? This yeah. These, these are one of the things that you take pictures of and run screaming to the internet. With like you know, what's going <laughs> on with this? Yeah. So. Well, yeah. So I'm saying like if you if you see that, then this would be this would be like one of those uh, feelings that you're maybe you're on the right track and prepare for eggs to be there the next day. So. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, uh, can you tell us about your experiences doing an MI clutch with the with your jungle? Was it this jungle that had the MI clutch? <laughs> It was not this jungle. This uh, That okay. jungle, the jungle in the picture, laying belly up, I did artificial incubation. Okay. Um, I decided to do a, another female that I got from uh, Julander. Um, I allowed okay. her to do maternal incubation. If you ask me how that went, <laughs> um, 
learning experience, even though I've successfully done maternally, uh, maternal incubation with uh, my IJs and other um, stuff. Uh, my jungles, I... <laughs> I don't know, I got inside my own head and poured some water into the cypress mulch that she was sitting on, except she had pushed the cypress mulch off, so it was just this, uh, the bottom of the container that she was in. So I drowned the eggs, and uh. yes, and instead of realizing, you know, okay, the bottom ones are drowned, let me just pull her off and save the top half of the clutch mind you this was a first year female that i got as a baby uh -huh. and she laid 23 eggs after i counted all of them uh-huh i left the whole clutch in thinking you know mother's no best I, I screwed up the bottom the rest will be fine and they all all that absorption all the dead eggs i mean it just spread and the three top ones went full term but did not they still died uh before due date and mm. I pulled her off and cut them open, and that's my learning experience. <laughs> but mm. but uh, maternal incubation is very rewarding. I mean, anybody you talk to that has done it successfully will definitely say that it's awesome. You know, you're you're expecting eggs to hatch around day 60 because that's the that's what it says, right, day 60, but we know that they go a little longer when they're maternally incubated. So you're checking every day now, and one day you check and you see either snakes, you know, in the entire cage or just one peeping out and her coils loosened. <clears throat> mm. um. Oh, I have, I have not yet tried it, but uh, there are some people that say I should, but... If you do it, um, make up... Uh, Make the substrate, her, her egg-laying substrate and tub um, at a consistency where it's not too wet, and then forget about her. Mm -hmm. <laughs> She'll do the rest. Leave her alone. Yeah. Don't do what I did. Yeah. And like I yeah. said, the, the, you know, previous years I had done it and was successful, and I got inside my own head. You know, it was a different cage, a different setup, and I just added just a little bit of water. You know, it's just a little bit. It looks a little dry. And... I drowned the clutch, and I learned, and some may laugh, some will feel bad, some will say, damn, you're an idiot, but I learned. It's part of the hobby. That's right. Yeah, it is. <laughs> That's, as long as you can, as long as you can uh, uh, learn something from it, you're good to go. So. <laughs> awesome. Oh, man. So... Let's talk about some of the stuff that's in your collection, uh, the, the carpet group that you're working with. Um, let's uh, let's start with your jungles. Like, what kind of group do you have? What's the what would be the highlights of your breeding uh, projects? Uh, for my jungles. Yep. Um, give me one minute. I'm gonna look at them. One sec. <laughs> Not everybody has it all memorized like you, Eric. God. <laughs> That's why everybody needs a copy book. <laughs> everybody needs a copy book. Fantastic Love. copy book. Right. Yeah, yep. you're good. Hello. Sorry about that. Yep. Uh, okay. I had no to run through uh, through <clears throat> uh, some loud noises. Uh, let's see. Looking for, 
my lineup this year for jungle specifically, I have a normal male that I plan. I mean, that's the one that everybody compliments. That's the one on my business card and my profile picture on my Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I plan on pairing him with that Julander female again this season to produce some normal pure jungles. I plan on pairing up uh, my male zebra that is a sire to my 2015 clutch of jungles. Um, he's a Bradley line male, and I plan on pairing him up with a unrelated female that I also got from Nick Mudden to get some super zebras. <clears throat> I also plan on pairing that guy with a... Uh, zebra jag that I got from uh, Todd Dyer and making some super zebra jags uh, zebra jags and some crosses that um, (laughs) I don't know what to do with just yet I always joke and say I always joke and say I have a a Kribo to give uh, the jag sibs to but everybody takes that serious so I don't say that anymore (laughs) Um, Yeah, they do take that serious yeah, I do have uh, uh, friends and homes that'll take them for free, and people that I trust um, because I personally complain about the crosses. Um, I'm only doing them because people ask me all the time for them, mm-hmm. um, and I want to produce a super zebra jag because I think those are killer. Um, so I'll be responsible with my jag sibs as far as that goes. Um, and I will pair the female that uh, is in that picture laying all inverted. I will pair up with a jungle jag that's also uh, from Todd Dyer, psychotic exotic line, um, and make some just jungle jags. <clears throat> and that's really it for my jungles. Uh, but it's a lot <laughs> if they all lay, you know, 15 plus eggs. Yeah, that is a pretty good amount of babies. So, but good projects. I like those. Yes. Thank you. I'll have some. Uh, what about, if all goes well and I don't drown the eggs, they'll be for sale in 2016. So check out my site. <laughs> <laughs> That's all what we can about hope for, everybody. Wait, which question? I'm sorry. Oh <laughs> uh, no, no. I said, what about your IJs? What kind of? What, what do you got uh, going on with them this year? Well, I, for those that have followed my Instagram and Facebook page, I have that, you know, very dark black IJ male um, that uh-huh. has sired all of my IJ clutches. Uh, his name is uh-huh. Diablo. Yes. Uh, and, in, and talking, in talking to people, um, you know, they've said, you know, specifically like Nick, a couple other guys, they look like old school IJs that were, you know, wild-caught and imported back in the day um, before they produced captive-bred ones and then sold off all the wild-caught ones. Uh, He was born in, or, excuse me, hatched in 1999. Um, A person literally walked in and said, I don't want him anymore. It's a pure IJ male. He eats medium rats, and that was it, and that he hatched in 99. He looks old and beat up. Whether his parents were imported or he was, um, 
I don't know, but he's dark black, and everybody says that he looks pure. I plan on breeding him to um, one of his daughters from 2013 this fall and seeing if anything genetic is there in terms of the black coloring. Uh, I also plan on pairing... Go ahead. I was was just going to ask real quick. Have you... I might have missed this, but have you you've produced clutches with him before or no? Yes. Wow, and have you noticed... have wrestled him away from you? I mean, <laughs> I, I, as a black-eyed Jay male, I figured he'd be on your doorstep by now. So, <laughs> Have yeah. you noticed anything in the offspring? Um, most are coloring up nicely, and that's what most people are, are complimenting is... Uh, you know, my nice, pretty IJs, they, they look great. Um, so they're pretty light. Um, this year, I think I'm going to hold back some more and see if any stay dark. But I haven't, mm-hmm. I, you know, not too many people contact me saying, you know, the snake is black. Because then I would say, let me buy it back. Give <laughs> <laughs> it back to me and I will keep it. Yeah, yeah I'll send Jesus. you five. Give me that one back. Yeah. This is why I have not sold anything poison ivy clutch. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know. Just there like, are so uh, many people circling Eric waiting for him to do that. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So now, see, Eric, didn't you say looking, that you were gonna send me poison ivy this fall actually so I could pair her with him? <laughs> <laughs> no no pressure being on, on live. <laughs> I can confirm that that is not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, I try though. That was nice. In in, bre- in breeding aspects, in normal in normal breeding loans, the male travels. Just so you know. So <laughs> if anyone was sending anybody anything, so yeah, yeah, I know. I'm looking I'm at the. Uh, I'm looking at the pictures. I'm trying to find the picture. Yeah. You know, I what I've seen with, like, some, I think the difference with, I don't know if I've been able to capture this on, on camera or not, it's almost like, though, with Poison Ivy, she has no pattern. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you see the pattern on your guy? This guy, I'm literally looking in at him right now as he's looking ready to kiss me. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. He... I can't. I can see a pattern on him. Um, I don't. Let me see if I could upload a picture quickly to the group message while I'm talking. Um, yeah. Okay. But he is. He is on my page. Um, and Facebook page. Yes, he's on my Facebook page and Instagram, all that good stuff. But yeah, I see a pattern. He's he's just very dark black. His eyes are like the grudge black. His belly has like gotcha. that purplish black pigment on it, um, and the bands are nowhere near. I wouldn't even call them brown. I would just call them a very dark gray. He has gotcha, like no yellow, no hmm. red for that matter. Gotcha. So if it's genetic, I guess that could go either way. If if we're talking anatheristic or azanthic, you know those those two known genetics for, I guess, carpets. If he proved right. out to be something else, then who knows? 
you know, what to look for as far as an indicator or what the gene does or how it acts. But if I were to say that he looks like something genetic, it would be close to saying azantic or anatheristic, which me now having an azantic IJ, uh, he looks so different. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> now, what I've noticed with the offspring to poison ivy is that some of the babies look different, um, but they almost look like head exanic IJs, if you know what I'm talking I guess people that have head exanics would know what I'm talking about, uh, mm-hmm. but they have a different look to them. Okay. Um, and, I don't know, they just, they, they just look different. Like, some are like, you know, look like classic IJs, and the bands are really black. But then there's these other ones that sort of, they're, they look different. But I don't know. I guess time will tell. Yeah, yeah who knows? Hopefully hopefully everybody could prove something out. I mean, I, I think that's <laughs> yeah. why I do it. <laughs> that would be yeah. nice. Um, Steve, in this picture, are there two animals here that I'm looking at? Uh, yes. Diablo okay. is the darker one. Thank you for Got that it. picture. And okay, that is him no not in shed. You can barely see his head. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I'm going to pull up pictures now. I'm just going to... I'll do that. Um, anyways, yeah, that's him not in shed. A lot of people always ask. Um, and no, he's not in shed in that picture. And because of that, I had to actually upload pictures of him in shed so people could see the difference. Wow. Yeah, you you two need to get these crazy kids together. So, I mean, you know, <laughs> holy crap. I'm ready when Eric is. <laughs> work, work, out, work it out off air. You two work this out off air. I don't uh, really, yeah. we, we all know how I feel about IJs, but Jesus Christ. So, um, well, if it, proves, if it proves not to be genetic, um, and I would say that putting the two of them together would definitely be be a step toward selectively breeding for a really dark IJ. Definitely agreed. You know, the the approach that I took was uh, I bred an animal that was as bright as I could, that I have as far as IJs go. I I bred a GQ um, IJ to poison ivy because I didn't want it to muddy up the waters with the first time that I bred. You know what I mean? Because uh-huh. if I bred a darker animal, then is it selective breeding or is it genetic? You know, with this route, at least you're kind of locked in to say, okay, well, it's not selective breeding. You know what I mean? Like, I yes. just thought it was the better way to go. So, Yeah. If something okay. popped out cool. black, you know it would be genetic. So, yeah. Yes, I found the pictures. Uh, I'll upload them to that message group um, in like two seconds. But um, okay. to keep going so we don't just stop and wait for me. <laughs> that, yeah. That. Uh, for the other IJ projects that I have, like I said, I plan on breeding um, that male back to his daughter um, and seeing mm-hmm. if there's anything there. Um, and if not, hopefully the babies will still be stunning and pretty and even prettier. I have a normal female that I plan on breeding a high percentage IJ Jag to and making some uh, 
IJ Jags. I also okay. I also have a a Zantic IJ that I got from uh Nick through Paul Harris and I will be breeding him to my granite female this fall or winter and hopefully I'll get something she's a virgin female and get some double heads to start working towards that marble project but we'll see cool. he is he is small he's only eating uh, 100 gram rats right now um hmm. but if, but if there's a will there's a way right that is true <laughs> small boys can get it done so um all right i will also be pairing him to a normal um IJ female um to make some pure heady xanthics um and if that goes well and I get some um and we'll we'll go from there of course but I don't know if I would sell those or not I I'm just in love with the Azantic IJs I I think I'm going to hoard them all but we'll see um, I don't I don't want to count my I'm chickens before they hatch I'm with you Smart, smart move, Tony. Yeah. Um, what about your? Uh, is that all you got going on uh, with IJs? What about your bread lie? Uh, bread lie. I plan on doing a repeat pairing. Um, my genetic stripes. Hopefully, I'll have better luck with those, and uh, my normals. I also plan on adding some uh, genetic mutations uh, to the bread lie bunch. <laughs> uh, nice. So hopefully, so, yeah. Go ahead. So you were one of those people that was really, really psyched out when uh, Nick had that article on the Stonewash. Yes and no, because I've been following it. So <laughs> I, I knew you know, about <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we, we, we already knew. About I already it. knew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um. People who who have bread lie, I mean, if you have them, you enjoy them. That being yes. said, you've kept up with what's going on with them. Um, it's yes. hard to keep them and not enjoy them. That being <laughs> said, um, yeah, I've been I've been involved talking to Nick, and you know, he's pretty much, I mean, Nick knows for one, but <laughs> pretty much known that it was recessive for quite a while. And this season was just the season to. Uh, put the last nail in the coffin for that, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I think Very I cool. think it's a cool gene. I remember the first time I saw them, he was talking about how he got them from the guy who produced them or something like that. And, you know, the, his, his first post about how he got them, and yeah. I was just like, oh, man, I'm so stoked. Like, let's do this. Bread lie are already <laughs> awesome. But looking at those pictures, they're just they're stunning. And, and the hypos and... And mm-hmm. putting all three genes together is going to be the next project for, I think, everybody, but even one of the genes with the other, I mean, it will be a stepping stone and just just so cool. Yeah, he's, he, Nick is ruining me because he's like, oh, and you don't have any more red lie. I'm like, I don't. He goes, I can fix that. And then I have to hang up on him, like, really quick. Otherwise, <laughs> I end up spending money. So um, <laughs> I, I will... I will like you said, I've been keeping my eye on these things as well, so we'll see how that goes. Yeah. 
So, yeah, plan on adding Stonewash and Hypo to the group, and we'll see what happens there. Nice. Very nice. Hopefully I won't get two males. No, God, no. (laughs) Cool. So what do you think? I'm curious in your thoughts on um, as far as uh, what do you think is going to be the hot carpet this upcoming season? I think it would have to be the stonewash. Um, okay. Because one, there there's so few morphs with with bread lie. Um, you know, hypo last year was the first year that they were available in the U.S. Right? Unless you were on the down low and had a bunch of money to throw at Nick, but I don't think he sold them <laughs> before last year. Yeah. Um, and I don't think any visual stone washes are leaving. I think it's all heads, or unless you're on the down low and all that crap. <laughs> so yeah, I, I can neither confirm nor That's deny. Called, I don't know what he's telling yeah, people. Not, all the all three people on this phone can neither confirm nor deny. All right, so <laughs> exactly. But yeah. um, I think stone wash because one, it's it's the first time that it's been available. You know, um, yeah, apparently. Um, there's only been a couple stonewash animals ever sold. And yeah. even of the ones that were sold, um, apparently quite a few died because of uh, poor keeping, you know, and poor feeding. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the U.S., I think it's, you know, Casey Cannon that has one adult female mm-hmm. and Nick and nobody else unless somebody... Uh, uh, yeah. Bart? Doesn't Brian Barczyk have a few? Unless he kept them, the story I heard was he produced them and didn't know what animals he put together because he had multiple adults. uh, Didn't know what animals he had put together and wasn't able to reproduce more and got tired and sold them. That's the story I heard. So don't quote me if he does still have them. I know he did produce them, some. Yeah. Um, but hmm. I don't believe he has some still, unless he's just keeping them as pets or working with them and maybe going to make some Jag stonewash. <laughs> oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, oh, God, no. no. Yeah. that's hmm. that, Everybody who keeps bread live, that's their feel, uh, fear, excuse me, is uh, crossing anything with bread lie is our fear. Yeah. That was, it was, uh, what was it? I was at uh, Tinley, and I picked up this ocelot, and it's like, oh, yeah, that's an ocelot. Red line. Oh. I drop it. <laughs> it's like, it's get, nope. Get, nope. <laughs> that, uh, you know, the, I did Bob produce that one? To... He may have. I can't say whether he <laughs> did that or not. <laughs> but You have to admit, though, you have to admit that the Scream Jag is pretty friggin' awesome, Jack. That, I mean, that's Casper's mutt thing, isn't it? The scream. Yeah, the uh, diamond, yeah. red light. That yes. thing is hot. <laughs> yeah, that yes. Yeah, they got lucky with that one. I'm, I'm somebody who could appreciate a pretty snake, but at yes. the same time, being a purist, 
I'm appreciating this pretty snake, but in the back of my head running around is, where's all its siblings that aren't Jag? <laughs> Who are they being sold to? <laughs> what the hell would yeah. I breed this to if I got it? Yeah, no. But, no. but I, guess, I guess if I'm playing devil's advocate, though, what is the difference between a bread lie sib and a IJ sib? Absolutely you nothing. Know, like what? Yeah, I mean, to me, I think you could cast well, off a... Except the separate species thing. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I get that I don't whole think... thing. I'm just saying, like, what's the difference, though? I mean, like, I, I could see, like, if you're somebody like Nick, okay, he doesn't he doesn't cross because he doesn't believe in that, right? And then you have people right. like me who appreciate both sides of the fence, and I say, yeah. you know, I really like cool snakes, I would cross this, I would cross that, cross in the wild. However, I feel that I justify it to myself in my mind, whether it's right or wrong. It's like, okay, this is okay to do, but this is not okay to do. But the more and more that I think about it from a from a realistic point of view, it just seems silly that I would say that it's okay to cross this and not okay to cross that. So I've come to the conclusion that it doesn't matter to me what's crossed. I think the only way that you avoid buying those animals that are quote unquote tips is buy from a reputable breeder. That's it. That's the only, I mean, that's what we want them to do anyway. Uh, we want them to go to a reputable breeder, whether it's me, whether it's Owen, whether it's Steve, who cares? It doesn't make a difference. But if you know and they can show you parents and lineage and all that stuff, then it is what it is. Otherwise, it's an undocumented. Uh, nor and then look at jungles for instance I mean you see all these crazy looking jungles you're not going to tell me that somewhere down the line for the people that have undocumented jungles and they're screaming yellow don't have diamond blood floating around in there it's just, yeah. I, I just can't believe it I'm sorry I don't <laughs> you know? yeah. and I'm not saying I'm against it I'm just saying that it's just it's, I don't know these funny lines that we all draw in the sand just seem like and across this, not across that. My standpoint, like I said earlier, is just being responsible and marketing it as it is. Um, always assume that you can't sell it. Um, I, I guess that would be you being honest. If you lie and say it's a carpet python, you could sell it to anybody, right? But mm-hmm. being responsible right. <laughs> and saying what it is. Right. Right. Um, if you're able to do that, I mean, I guess it doesn't matter what you cross. That's that's the truth. Yeah, it's in my opinion. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's just funny how we have all these lines that we say, no, we can't do that, but this we can do. <laughs> it's just, I don't know. Kind of if we say it enough, it'll become true, and then exactly. it'll just be back. Nobody will question it, and. And we won't have uh, bread lie sibs or jags exactly. bread lie sibs. Perfect. <laughs> Just keep Nothing telling everyone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you plan on Do you plan on adding anything to your uh, to your group this year? Uh, that would be the bread lie stuff. Okay. Uh, Stonewash and hypo. Um, yeah, hypos are nice, man. Yeah, they're they're stunning. They, you, yeah, can't go wrong with those. Um, Have you seen them in person? No, never. 
They're glorious okay. in person. I don't have any, but I was spared Eric's. So. Yeah, they're, I mean, not too many people do have them, right? And I don't no. know, unless somebody's on the super down low, I don't know, unless Todd has some. I don't think anybody in, in California has them. California's a big state. And like I said, that's if somebody's not telling me. Not too many I people do carpets, right? Uh, I don't think I don't think Psychotic Exotic has those. I know Beehive they, had those. They do the had one, yeah. 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 Um, okay. Yeah, and then and then I plan on getting one of those outcrossed uh IJ granites from Nick likely to add one granite and new blood to my IJ projects. Very cool. Okay. That's been a long project in the making. Yeah. So. Um and yeah. if anybody has one, anybody listening, I would be interested in a <laughs> granite jag female. <laughs> but I haven't found one, so can't exactly <laughs> add that. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. stunning animal. Yeah. I do like granite jags. Tried so hard to make them several years, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid IJs. Um, so, uh, you were just at the NARBC in Anaheim. Um, can you tell us, uh, how that show was? For me, that show went amazing. Um, okay. I, couldn't have, I mean, obviously everybody could ask to sell everything and then it would be perfect. Right. But, um, mm-hmm. no, I sold, you know, uh, enough to pay for my booth and some, um, and I had a great time, but um, it's a smaller show. We do have a bigger show here in California that I have yet to vend. Um So in terms of that, for other people, it was small. For me personally, it was great. Um, it's kind of funny thinking about, um, I think... I th- I thought it was great, and I was thinking going into it, I mean, if I don't sell anything, it'll be cool. But the bummer part of it would be I, I don't get to walk around and look at other people's reptiles because that's what I want to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, you need a helper. He watches the table. You get to do the fun stuff. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I was able to do that, you know, before – before the show on both days and uh, the night before, on you know, that Friday night, uh, got to look around. Um, it, it was just, it was a great experience for me. I mean, one of the things that I like about not only the industry, I guess, um, but the Morelia community is how, you know, positive some people could be. Um, I had questions about what type of bedding people use to display their snakes in, and I, you know, sent Todd a message, um, Todd Dyer, and he was more than happy to help me and, and told me what he uses and why and and just very helpful and was pretty cool. You know, he walked around a few times and he stopped by my booth and talked to me and, you know, complimented my snakes. And, you know, it's it's pretty cool hearing that because I think – here in the U.S., in terms of, you know, really big, it's psychotic exotics and, and Nick. And, mm-hmm. you know, to to hear Todd uh, say, yo, that jungle is, you know, badass, or, you know, that looks good, or your booth looks good, like, it was it was pretty rewarding. 
um, and a lot of other vendors who or wanted to buy my adult shirts that aren't for sale. <laughs> they always want the ones that aren't for sale. <laughs> yeah, so. I was like, Here, look at these are the babies though. <laughs> buy these. No, I want those because you already did all the work. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was it was just a good show. It was it was fun for me. Um, very reward, rewarding and enjoyable. Um, I got my name out there. There's some people who didn't know about me, or there was people um, who didn't know much about carpet pythons, and it was kind of cool to see them see the different color mutations and morphs and stuff like that. Cool. So uh, we did notice you had a bunch of really big kind of cages on your table. And that's for showing off your adults. Uh, did you think it kind of helped you sell the babies um, or kind of hindered it a little bit? I think it helps. Um, me personally, when I buy a a carpet python, whether it be from Nick or Todd or from one of um, you guys or even, you know, like a neighbor or something, I want to see the mm-hmm. adults. I want to know background. I want to know... You know, me, I know how big it gets, but some other people don't know how big it gets. And when you can point right. and say, this is its older sibling, this is its mom, this is its dad, um, cousin, aunt, whatever, you know, it breaks it down and people could see that and say, wow, you know, this has a lot of potential. They really do go through a dramatic color change. Um, mm-hmm. And, okay, that size reference, oh, how's their temperament as an adult? And they see, you know, this this beautiful jungle that's cocked back, ready to strike. And I use a hook and I pull it out, and it's puppy dog tame. And they're like, oh wow, like, yeah, they're 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 cool. Um, I think it's it's very helpful to take adults to have them on display. It did draw in people. Um, I had um, some friends help me out, and my brother. Um, and my girlfriend, and they're out there in front of my booth holding an adult, and people are just coming in asking questions. And like I said, it it really does help. Okay, pretty cool. Um, and I would agree to that. Having the adults is, I've always felt, is helps draw people in a little bit more. Um, what would you recommend to somebody who wants to make a setup to start vending at reptile shows? What do you feel is important? Um, don't do it. There's enough competition with uh, Todd Dyer there. <laughs> no, <stay laughs> I'm away. struggling. Yeah. Uh, no, <laughs> uh, it's very rewarding. I mean, it's fun. Like I said, my my biggest fear when I was thinking, like, man, what if I don't sell anything? It was really because I'm not going to get to walk around and see all these other reptiles. I mean, that's that's what's most exciting, right? But mm-hmm. it, it's so rewarding. I mean, like for me, it, it helped me get uh, my name out there a little bit more, uh, helped me network, um, and just just being able to talk with people who, one, are into reptiles or, two, specifically Morelia, um, it's very, very cool. You know, you get to talk to them versus going to a family gathering or a friend gathering and, oh, what's new? Well, I plan on breeding, you know, my, my jag to my this to my that. And they're like, what What are you talking about? And it's like, oh, <laughs> well, you don't oh, know what that is. You're the wrong person. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's rewarding. I'd say, you know, do it. Take the, take the jump. Um, 
and and vend. I mean, the worst that could happen is you don't sell anything, right? Right. Or you come right. home with yeah. mites. <laughs> that see, that's the worst thing. I Not guess that's the worst thing. Is far from the worst thing. That is horrible. Yeah, no, I just uh, treat my stuff when bringing them, them back in. Treat their cages mm-hmm. in them, just to be safe. You would you wouldn't believe how many people were surprised when I said hand sanitizer, please, and they're like, "Why am I going to give your snake something?" It's like knowing yeah. how how Joe Smo's uh, snake that had mites, and you just came over here to hold mine too. <laughs> It'll help. Yeah. It'll help. No, it, no. It, it's not a hundred percent, but I'm trying to. Anything's better than nothing. Yep. Nope. No, thank you. No, my yeah. please, Jesus. <laughs> um, uh, what do you think about the current state of carbon pythons in the reptile hobby? Um, do you see them kind of increasing in popularity, and do you see that as being a good thing, um, or a bad thing? Um, more, more attention could go either way. I mean, you could look at it and say, you know, just throwing out numbers, you know, a hundred, uh, 10,000 people want to get into carpets now. And you're like, okay, well that Mm -hmm. means everybody's going to be able to sell all their babies, but 10,000 new people, maybe they do know something about carpets or don't, you know, is going to make some guys who maybe are really into carpets say, no, I'm going to get out. And if they want to get out thinking the market's going to crash, they generally crash the market because they want to sell everything low to get their money, to get as much as they can. They crash the market for everybody else who's staying in. So that could go either way. A lot of new people coming in could make sales go up. Um, A lot of people seeing that, trying to get out, could crash the market, and then the people staying in, the market just goes lower because people coming in who buy low think – everything else should sell low. Yeah. Um, I think that's with anything. It could go either way, the attention. Um, what I've seen, mm, there's, I don't know, that, that's hit or miss. I've heard a few people this week saying they that carpets are becoming too mainstream, so they're going to steer away. It's like, look at ball pythons. How many times has that market, or, or just one gene crashed and... And look at the other things. I mean, Pied, for example, has retained its value pretty yeah. well for a gene that's been around a long time. Right. Um, so that's with anything. I mean, market could hit or miss. I'm if if it gets to a point where it's it's that bad and I can't sell anything, I will still likely breed at least one clutch of something because I enjoy breeding. Right. Which makes sense. I mean, so I'm pretty sure it's uh, the same boat everybody else is that matters is in the same boat as that. If that, you know, if I can only sell one clutch a year, so I'll only breed one clutch a year. Hooray! Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'll keep, uh-huh. I'll keep breeding till I'm dead. So <laughs> <laughs> that's the way to do it. <laughs> that is Blowing exactly steady, the way to do it. One clutch a year. Oh yeah, you know, it's, I'm going to be that 90 year old guy that makes sure with the cane going buy a carpet python. So, yeah, it's great. Can't wait. You'll be vending in your wheelchair using the Damn handicap right. exits and entrances. Yeah, I'll have and you know you get the you know have the successor or the helper or one of the grandkids wheel me in and out. It's all good. So, yeah, perfect. That's how you keep the hobby. Get the kids. Damn right. 
That's right. Well, I have. Uh, do you have any thoughts on as far as that getting new people into carpets? That one's a tough one because being realistic, um, you know, when I had got uh, my pair of bread light, although I was a kid, I wasn't afraid of getting bit. You know, mm. when I first started working with snakes, my cousin had me put my hand in with a king snake and he said, it's going to bite you. And we let it bite me and it's, oh, that's not that bad. Um, so I got over that fear. But somebody knew if somebody came up to my booth um, and they were just walking by or I flagged them and they said they don't have anything but they're interested in a snake. Truthfully, me me being a good person, it's hard to try and push them on a carpet if there's yeah. a chance that they're going to get bit and just steer away and say carpets are bad. You know, it would be easier to say get a ball python, a corn snake, then move up to a carpet. Um, so on that aspect, it's tough for somebody new. But what I do say, and I stand by this, is my baby carpets, I don't have a chance to handle them every day, nor do I care to. I notice by the time that they're eating small rats, whether that be in one year because I'm feeding them heavy or in uh, two to three years because, you know, I'm taking my time. Um, by the time they're on small rats, I could reach in there and pick them up without getting bit. And I think it's just a a fear issue and everything's a predator issue when they're a baby. So I tell that to people. So anybody new, whether they have one ball python, one corn snake, or they're willing to get something and they're okay with getting bit, I just point blank say that. there's You're going to get bit eventually, but that's likely from any snake or any animal. I think carpets are worth it because you see that color change. Ball pythons lose color. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Not the certain ones. No. Why you? Um, yeah. <laughs> said, said the guy who no, sold it no. to you, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, you know, well, this is a bit off topic, but when I was down there at Southern Carpet Fest, um, you know, Bill is very strategic in, I don't know if he did this on purpose or not, but the, the ball pythons that he works with actually get mm. better into adulthood. Um, you know, and uh, I think uh, seeing them is a lot different than seeing them online. Um, you know, I only ever see babies online. Uh, you know, I never, very rarely do I. Maybe I'm not looking in the right spots. I don't know. Maybe I don't really, I'm not tracking it down hard enough, but very you rarely You only post do I pictures see. of a show horse, not a mule. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. You know, but some, well, when people take pictures, you know, and they're taking pictures in their dirty tubs and all this other stuff, I don't know if they follow that. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. That idea all the time. But, uh, the the worst thing possible is when you you pull open a tub and a snake is sitting just right on cleaning day and has a perfect color, and it's it's right next to a fat turd. And it's like, man. It happens I, all the time, don't it? <laughs> I, I can't yep. post this picture because people will think, oh, he doesn't clean his stuff. Like, no, it's, it just happens to be cleaning day or, or whatever, and it looked good, and I wanted to post the picture, but I can't. Or right. won't, whatever you want to choose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, 
Well, I got two questions. Let's let's go with the easier one first. What do you, what is your feel on the morphs and the designer carpets? I mean, I think we've kind of hit on this, but do you think that the morphs are bringing new people into carpet pythons, or uh, do you find that, I guess, with the way that ball pythons have gone, that they sort of steer away from that kind of stuff? Um, well, from my point of view, I think morphs are absolutely awesome. I'm able to... I mean, from what I see online, a lot of people like like to consider IJs the lower-end carpet python. Like, oh, it's just an IJ. And that being said, if, if you want to look at it like that, that's the low-end snake. Um, those naturally, you know, a wild type could be just so stunning. And I, I enjoy that. But I even more so enjoy, I guess... Uh, all the morphs that they have available within the subspecies um, and keeping them pure. Yes, you could make, um, you know, some really cool stuff when when you cross the subspecies together um, in terms of morphs, and they're really stunning, but I think it's so cool seeing... Um, you know, a three-in-one snake, uh, say, Azanthic a, a uh, Caramel Jag. Um, and right. it's, and it's, it's all coastal, and it's pure, um, and it's a powerhouse right. animal. Um, in terms of attention, uh, bringing in new people, there is somebody that I speak to. He's a retired gentleman, and, you know, when he saw some of my... Uh, zebra jungles he's like wow that pattern's like wicked and i'm like yeah that's a genetic mutation he's like so there's morphs in carpet pythons like there is with ball pythons and i'm like yeah like a ton of them like i mm-hmm. i i have a few there's there's people who are going all out and you know i work with quite a few snakes but um he was just so shocked to see all these morphs and and stuff and he it kind of sparked interest in him. So, and he's in the hobby. So there's still a lot of people who don't know. And I think morphs could bring some good attention. Um, but like I said, me being a purist at heart, when, when I see that stunning animal that's a cross and it's, it's got that jag in it or something, I'm thinking, where's its sibling? Which may yeah. turn some people down. Right. Absolutely. Nice. Okay. So what is it that you like, say, about the carpet community? What are, what would be the pros and the cons of uh, us Morelia heads? Um, I would say the pros would be, you know, how how closely knit we could be. I mean, I don't know about other species of, you know, reptiles, but... You know, like the the carpet fest. I mean, how cool is that? Um, we like it. Exactly. So, yeah. Course, yeah. <laughs> to us, it's cool, right? <laughs> Anybody else would be like lame. Um, and, and it's just cool. You know, it's just a bunch of people getting together who are talking carpets, showing off carpets, and and just hanging out. Um, and it's it's pretty cool. And like I said, I mentioned earlier, um, people people being you know 
pleasant and complimenting, say, my booth. You know, Todd, like I said, you know, he's he's somebody who's big in the industry, and, and he's over here at my booth saying, you know, nice setup or, you know, nice snake. Um, and then me posting pictures and Justin Julander saying, you know, nice nice booth. And, you know, that's all the positive stuff. Um, and it's really great when you post a picture and somebody comments on that, you know, and says, wow, that looks great. And then they, they one-up you and say, but look at this. And then you're like, wow, that looks great, um, or whatever it may be. And, you know, of course, all the compliments are always going to be the pros um, and going to be great. Um, I would say the cons would be, uh, per se, like in relating to me personally, that way I don't offend anyone. Um, I, I have a pair of unrelated zebras that I got both of uh, them from Nick. Um, so whether, and he doesn't call them Nick's bloodline, you know, mud and bloodline. Um, but I, I kind of do to shorten it up. And I have their lineage in the region. Um, and... And so when I, you know, when I put them together this winter, if all goes well and I have babies next year, and I try and market them um, at the same price as Nick, some people are going to say, well, you can't do that. And in my head, I'm thinking it would be an insult and a slap in the face to Nick, all this work that he's put in, you know, selectively breeding, getting all these different animals, all these different lines, putting them together, selling me some babies that turn out stunning and me producing some and me selling them for, you know, some zebras. Let's say the market next year for zebras is uh, $500. And I'm yeah. selling them for half of that because, you know, I'm not Nick. Like, what a slap in the face. I'm able to prove that they're pure. They're, they're from him. And he maybe he even comments and says, yeah, I'll vouch for Stephen Katz. They're, they're from me. And, and they look great. And he's selling, I'm selling them for half. And... I think the negative part would be people have that mentality. Well, you can't, you can't sell them at that price. It's like why, why are we going to crash our own market? I mean, a pretty snake, uh, a pretty snake is a pretty snake is a pretty snake. I mean, sell it for what it's worth or what it looks like. Um, I think the negativity, like I said, would be some people. Oh, I'm not, or or maybe even them thinking I'm not as big as them, so I can't sell it that big. It's like, sell it. I mean, the worst that will happen is they don't sell and you have them. For me, that's perfectly okay. I enjoy this hobby enough to keep all my babies. I'm I'm holding back. I'm looking at my hatchling rack. Uh, my, my jungle clutch was a 10.3 clutch. <laughs> I'm holding back one female and and like three males because all the males I think look too cool to sell. I don't want to sell them <laughs> for no amount of price. And I took one to the show. It's it's just a zebra with a stripe. I put it for $1,200 because I didn't want to sell it. And people are like, why is it that much? It's like, because I don't want to sell it. I don't know what I would have done if somebody said, well, here's 15 I'll take it. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> you would have sold it. <laughs> you would have um, sold it. Uh, yeah, you would have done the same thing I've done in that situation. Bye. <laughs> But, damn it. <laughs> I'll make another one of you next year. Exactly, son of a yeah. bitch. Yeah. But yeah, so that would be the negativity is either kind of beating yourself up and saying I can't sell it for that much, or maybe somebody else saying, you know, why should I buy from you when I could go to 
Nick or Todd or or, or Eric or or Bill or or Owen or whoever for some of these some of these snakes. And it's just like, well, that's the market. If you don't want to buy from me, don't buy from me. I have all the paperwork, lineage, information, you know, and here's the adults. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of with you. Like, I don't know. I find that, like, the the thing that I hate most about dealing with, like, designer morphs is the pricing part of it. You know, yeah. it's like... You don't want to price too low. You don't want to price too high. You don't want to price undercut anybody. Uh, you know, I, and it seems to me that I've seen that over this past year is the one thing that I would say is negative part of it is just the fact that there was a lot of undercutting that I saw with people. And I mean, people know from my my little rants on on the show is that I think that I don't care if they're three hundred bucks because the price doesn't matter to me, you know. Uh, I, To me, that's sort of, eventually it's going to come down to a price and more people get into it, you know. Uh, <laughs> I think that just ha- that's just the way that the market kind of works. I mean, you have, look, I think a perfect example of that would be rough scales. You know, you look at rough scale pythons. They were X amount, you know, I think a couple years ago they were five grand a pair. Now yep. they're down to like two grand a pair. You know, yep. next year they'll they'll drop a little bit. You know, I think my only problem though is, is that I think that there should be a bottom. There should be a bottom where it bottoms out. This is the price that we will not go below. You know, and I'm not talking about you know your behind the scenes deals and your friend deals and all that kind of stuff. I'm talking about like when you're at a show, or you're posting something up online. You know, if you say a, ja- a normal Jag carpet python is. I don't know, 250 bucks. Then that's kind of like the realm that people should not go below. You know, you know, I yeah. don't know. It just seems to me that why are you going to make it 50 bucks? You know, um, I, I don't know. Just see, and then it should go up from there. Okay, so if you you produce a really nice IJ Jag or Jungle Jag with a black stripe down its back or the yellow is really killer or, or whatever. Then you know if a normal one is two fifty, then you should be able to get five hundred for it. Hell, maybe yeah. you'll even get eight hundred for it. You know, mm-hmm. right. um, I think a per, another example of that would be uh, John Battaglia from uh, you know Morelia Trophy Club. I mean, his animals are fancy lines that he's producing animals that are going to be killer, and they're going to have awesome yellow, and you know they're nine hundred bucks. If you want one, that's the price. Yeah, but yeah. I don't understand why uh, you know so and so selling his jag for for you know two hundred bucks. Well, look at the difference in what they're going to look like as adults. You know, I mean, yeah, right. I don't know. Well, the, so, but to add on to that, the other thing that kind of gets me is when you have the babies, and then a couple months go by and you cut prices. It's like. It's like, oh, it's turning a year now. I should, and it's still here. I should cut prices. Bitch, my prices go up after a year because now I've done a year's worth of work into that animal. Yes. So if you want it, Thank you. you're paying a little bit more. Also, mm-hmm. male, it's almost bleeding age if you push him. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, I, uh, that's one thing. Is people watch me and say they're waiting for my prices to go down. What they don't understand is that the prices tend to go up. So, yep. Fun stuff. Yeah, I 
I think we we often crash our own um, or or think well the big guys have them for this and and I don't want to sit on them so I'll sell them for this and it's like well yeah. they only have so many it's it's not a product you could exactly make um, yeah and that being said if if all these big guys all you guys sell out and Stephen Katz is the only one with IJ's left for the 2015 season, then I guess I have to buy from Steven Katz because everybody else sold out, right? Right. It's like, just, just <laughs> right. wait it out. Then then at that point, you could likely spike your price if you're, I guess, into that thing. I'm, I just want to sell my animals and see pictures of them growing up. That's all that matters to yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. That's all we want. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Don't cut the second year because you didn't sell them. <laughs> Just start no. posting more ads. <laughs> well, I think that's the other thing. Like, I think you got to post up the, the. You got to post so people know who yeah. you are, and you know, take a good picture for God's sake. <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. try a little harder. God damn it! So. You know. <laughs> If you don't have a special light tent or anything like that, take your animal out back and, uh, you know, out back your house or in your yard or whatever and use the sun. Yeah, I mean, leave it in the tub, whatever, but make sure the tub is clean and make sure that, you know, people are going to get a good representation on the animal. Like, I see sometimes these pictures and I'm just like, good Lord, come on. We're better than that. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Uh, let's see. Do you? Uh, I think my other thing was. I think I read that uh, you have a little bit of a background in business. What are some of your thoughts on people's approach to breeding snakes as a business? Can you balance the passion and the business? I think this is probably the other big part that I've seen over this past year uh, with carpet pythons in particular is that because morphs were, you know involved and money was involved and high dollars were involved. A lot of people, you know, got upset because of the way things were handled and pricing and et cetera, et cetera. You know, what's your thoughts on uh, how people approach this as a, as a business? Well, going to school for business and stuff and, um, and thinking about it and, you know, everybody who loves them, would love to, well, let's just make it a business, and then I could do what I love, right, and and make money from what I love. However, it's it's not as easy as it sounds, I would say, from my experience. Um, and as far as balancing the passion and the business, if, let's say, you, you're, you're trying to make it, you know, a business and very big, um... I think the animals would still get good care. Um, for example, if I lost complete interest and I'm now just an investor, I just want to invest, I want to buy this $10,000 uh, new morph carpet python and put it with its uh, pet sibling that I got for five grand. I, I have 15 grand tied up. Um, and people comment all the time, you're feeding it too much, you only care about the money, you just want to pump it out and, and all this stuff. Even if I only cared about getting back my investment and making some, I have, as a businessman, $15,000 tied up in those two animals. 
I do not want to feed them so much that I kill them. I don't want to get, let them get so cold that I kill them or so hot. So you could balance it. Um, I think the animals would still get the proper care and everything, um, even if you went full Nazi and, and just became a business investor. Um, but to do it, I mean, it, it's it's fun and tough. I don't I don't know. To to make a living off of only only your reptiles, I think is tough. And kudos to the people that have done it um, because it can be enjoyable. But on top of all that joy is a lot of stress. I'm sure the people who are doing it, um, owning their own reptile stores um, uh, or online base or whatever it may be. I mean, how many for all the animals you sell, how many people? F up and kill them and are contacting you again and and saying it's your fault and all kinds of stuff. I mean, you got to look at the right. the bad with the good, right? Right, sure. Comes um, in the territory. Yeah. So I think you could do it. I think in the end, r- regardless of what aspect you look at it, um, the animals would still get the good care because, like I said, nobody wants to kill their investment, right? Right. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, you don't really want to do that. <laughs> you don't make any money back that way. Exactly. Because so, people say it all the time online. Oh, you're feeding them too much or this or that. You're keeping them wrong or you don't care about them. Or, it's like, relax. Worry about your animals and hope Chill, that everybody's worry about taking, your own stuff. Yes, and make sure, hope that everybody's taking care of their own animals. I mean, at the end of the day, if, if somebody's not, Unless you know where they live, I mean, there's nothing you can really do. PETA, PETA only cares about furry animals, right? Not snakes. Right. <laughs> yeah. That is true. Yeah. So. Um. I think the last thing I that I have. Question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. The last thing that I have before we do the. Uh, hold on one second. Uh, before we do the closing, sorry. Uh, before we do the closing questions, um, I noticed that you name your snakes, uh, and I find that when people do that, it's sort of I think people can relate to them better. If that makes sense, do you mm-hmm. see that? Um, is that a part of the reason why you do that? And how do you go about? Um, Everybody kind of has a story of what they've seen their things around, uh, their names around. What's your story? Uh, I was very anti-naming snakes. They can't hear. So <laughs> to, to name a snake is uh, is quite pointless. Um, however, the reason what what made me dive into naming my animals was I'm going to be breeding them, and I can't just say... To to somebody who knows, maybe I sell uh, a zebra um, to one of you guys, and I say, yeah, it's from uh, my zebra male to my normal jungle female with uh, the more black. Okay, you guys know what I'm talking about. I only have one zebra male, and you look at the two female jungles, or one of the three female jungles that I have, um, and you see, okay, the one with more black, okay, that's the mom. But to somebody else, to say zebra, they're already lost. Um, mm. <laughs> I, I guess if they're not truly into it. Um, so to name them, it's kind of easier to say, 
Oh, this is from Betsy to my Dylan Francis uh, mail. And they say, okay, let me look at his website. Okay, there's Betsy. Okay, that's mom. Okay, that's Dylan Francis. Okay, oh, and these are his future pairings. And it's easier to keep track of things, um, in my opinion. Right. Um, And then once I decided to name them, I kind of... I guess I kind of went off of a little bit of personality. Um, I try to do color mostly, um, but some attitude gets uh, pulled in there. And some names are on impulse. Um, This 2013 female IJ that I produced, um, I think it was earlier this year, maybe it was the last year, I put her on the grass and she twisted herself up like a pretzel and she happened to look like that... uh, that hazelnut color like a pretzel when it's nice and done. And mm-hmm. I said, I'm going to name you pretzel. Boom. <laughs> um, <laughs> and done. <laughs> yeah. I try not to lose sleep over naming my snakes. That's, yeah, that's for no sure. Point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I find that uh, when you're the one that names it, it's, I don't know, for me, it's like I go to name it and I'm like, Oh man, that kind of sounds silly. And then I think about Madame Blueberry. <laughs> you know, <laughs> where, where did that see, come from? But okay, see, that would be, you know, that that's fun. And if and God help the world if I ever establish a line, because I will find the dumbest name to call my snake just so you all have to repeat it. You know, I guarantee you, Owen, if I. What? If I if I called my if I said you said oh look at that's a cool snake and I'm like oh yeah that's Madame Blueberry you would be like what the holy hell what Eric? the hell is that the is- matter with you yeah. <laughs> like I, I was like I will actually change one of my snakes' name if I start establishing a line with it you know that <laughs> super duper snake number twelve and just throw it out there now everyone has to say it I mean it's like the hippopotamus if I ever create a morph I'm just gonna call it a hippo just because now everybody doesn't know what to do with it. So, but yeah, I, I think naming snakes is definitely important. And what i found is that people may not remember what the parents look like, but they'll remember the names. So mm-hmm. people, will come, people will come back to me and they say, I bought it from this guy. I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember that guy. Yeah, he said it's from a Trinity Talon. I'm like, he is correct. And uh, here's Trinity, here's Talon. There you go. So that's, uh, I've, I've felt that's one of the best things to do is to name it. And these are your snakes. You name whatever the hell you want. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I went to college with a bunch of people who were in there for equine science and stuff like that. So I kind of adopted the um, horse way of naming things. It's, you know, they pick a category for the year and then that's it. Any, anything that, uh, any babies that are born that year all come under the one category. Uh, I think one year in college they did alcohols. So the horses were named like Kahlua and Jaeger and everything else that popped out for the whole season. So I've kind of <laughs> done that. But it makes it easier for me. So, yeah. There's, it, it, again, 10, to 10 million different ways to skin the cat. And, you know, it would be funny if, you know, pretzel started out a line and we all have to call it the pretzel line. I find that hilarious. So... Yeah, it would either be that or based off who her dad is, uh, Black Cats. <laughs> that, even better. So, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Um, but, uh, so we have the closing questions now, and these are the 
interesting questions that make you think. Um, Steve, if you could have any type of Morelia, what would it be? Bull and I. Bull and I. All right. Definitely. Working on that. <laughs> They've been. They were removed from Morelia, though. Recently. Are we? Are we, are we recognizing that paper or no? <laughs> when was that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you don't know. Oh no, oh, I'm yeah, behind then. There's Simolina oh, yeah. now. Yeah. yeah. Oh Jesus. Basically. Basically, <laughs> there was. A, Morelia really should be a should have should be split up into uh it's just like it's it's anything with a prehensile tail um just sort of got lumped into morelia um yep. really Boland's pythons are basically scrub pythons um and they are now in uh simile similia yeah so and i think oh yeah, Owen Pelly's are in there. Yep. Um, yep. Wow. Chondros yep. and rough scales, um, they're really not that closely related to carpets as well. So my thoughts are really that con- they used to be chondrophyton, weirdest. Um, probably more than likely at some point, I would think they'll probably be moved out. And I think that Eventually, rough scales yeah. will be moved out. And then you have Morelia would be basically the carpet pythons. And then you have the two sister species, which would be Morelia redli and Morelia imbricata. So, but they just kind of lumped them all together at one point, and, you know, so kind of how it goes. Why don't wow. we take that as, <laughs> well, the next question is, what non-Morelia would you want to work with? So let's just say Bull and I is the non-Morelia. What's your Morelia? So. Uh, Impricata. There we go. Perfect. You and Eric. Um, <laughs> yeah. Jesus, man. I think we're the only two that want Impricata. He's, he's, he's going to hate me because there's going to be that moment. I know it's going to be years from now where he's like, look, going Impricata. I'm going to be like, me. and he's just going to smack me. I mean, like, it's going to be like, oh, that's <laughs> yeah. cool. So, yeah. Yeah. Take yeah. all the wind out of the sail. All right. Um, if you could go herping anywhere in the world without limitations or legality, where would it be and what would you be hoping to see? Alice Springs, Australia. And what would you be hoping to see? Unless it's changed. <laughs> um, <laughs> bread lie. Oh. Yeah, that's, like yeah, I said, that's been since I was little. It's always, I mean, any anybody who asks, the family vacation, Alice Springs, Australia. For them, their point of view, because it's pretty. For me, of course, the bread lie. <laughs> There's no option. If we're going to Australia, we're going to Alice Springs, unless it's changed. Nice. No, no, they should be there. So, okay. Um, cool. So, now, how can somebody get in touch with you, uh, get some information, talk to you about some babies, make some sales. Uh, how would they do that? Um, my Facebook page, Instagram page, uh, I post phonic classified ads, but um, yeah, my Facebook page is Stephen Katz. Um, the page to like, I guess the business page would be 
SBK Reptiles. Um, you could send me a message or comment on anything on there. And I, Facebook su- says that I, I get back to people pretty fast, but not fast enough or something like that. It, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's within, it's, it, it's within two hours, apparently. Oh, oh, those are terrible numbers. <laughs> yeah, the, the numbers that Facebook says is two hours that I get back to people and that I should be within five minutes. What? Other than 45 minutes? Crap. All right. Um. Um, well. My website, sbkreptiles.com. Uh, email is sbk94 at hotmail.com. Cool. Any of those work? Cool. So, uh, yeah, if you want to get just link up with Steve and try to figure out if you can uh, buy one of his babies or try to get on the list or something, that's the way to do it. So Yes. Very cool. Well, uh, thanks for coming on, and uh, thanks for chatting up with us and uh, having a Carpet Python episode. We do have to get back to the Morelia part of the show every once in a while or people get mad. So, yeah. um Well, thank you guys for having me. It was fun. Um, It's pretty cool. (laughs) Definitely. Absolutely. uh, We'll have to have you come back back on so you and Eric can work out the uh, reading exchange of your very, very dark IJs. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Nice. Uh, All right, Steve. Thanks a lot. You have a good night, all right? All right, right, you too. Thank you, guys. All right. See you. All right, bye. All right. All right, let's close this out. Get on the road. Um, let's see. Get on the road. Um, <laughs> you mean go upstairs yeah. or the bed? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're ready to place on radio. Uh, next week we have Justin Julander joining us from Australian Addiction. He also has his own podcast called Herpological Discussions. And as you all know, he was co-author of uh, the book, The Complete Carpet. And we're going to be talking about Morelia Impricata. So uh, Justin has been out in that area. He's hurt in that area. He's actually seen Impricata in the wild. So uh look forward to talking about. Uh, obviously, the show will be based around the natural history and, uh, you know, uh, all his uh, uh, experiences uh, in the wild with those Snake, so should be uh, should be a cool episode. Um, Definitely, I've been looking for a guest for Imbricata forever, and I uh, figured who better than the guy that wrote the book, uh, you know, about them. And I've seen some of his YouTube videos, and uh, he's done some pretty cool videos of just Western Australia, uh, which he's been to uh, quite a few times. So you can look it up on YouTube, and and uh, I guess it's under Australian Addiction um, Reptiles, and you can see some of the stuff that he's done. Um, for us, you can check out the website, MoreliaPythonRadio.com. If you have any questions or comments, you can send them to info at MoreliaPythonRadio.com. Like our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter at MoreliaPython. Um, you can listen to past episodes on iTunes. Make sure you go over and subscribe or whatever your favorite podcast app is. Uh, you can listen to all past 215 episodes. That's a lot of time. <laughs> Jeez. It takes you a while to get caught up. But uh, there you go. 
It is, um, it is only have, four years of material. So. Yeah, right. Um, we have uh, Carpus Fest in the works. Uh, I believe it's next weekend is the Northwest Carpus Fest on October 3rd in Seattle, Washington. Uh, Amy is looking, uh, I think she has um, over on their Northwest Carpus Fest Facebook site, they have the list for the uh, auctions uh, that's going for U.S. Arc. Uh, U.S. Arc is going to love the carpet community because we have a booster going. They have a, a fundraiser going. Northeast yeah. did a, did a uh, raise some funds for them. Uh, you know, so that's a good thing. Um, so yeah, October third. If you're in that area, you should definitely go and hang out. I know uh, you're gonna be around the likes of guys like Nick Button, and uh, I think uh, Casey Lasek is gonna be there as well. Nice. I sure would love to have a beer with that guy. <laughs> well, we'll awesome. fly you out. We keep doing that. <laughs> we send you to Carpet Fest. So. Yeah. Um, Southeast Carpet Fest is uh, maybe about a month after that. It's on Saturday, November 7th, uh, and that is in Estuis, Florida. Um, mm-hmm. So I may, I'm like 90% sure that I'm going to that. And I think Bill's trying to work out to where he's going to come along with me. So uh, so that should be cool. Um, I, I they think have a Bill booth. in my stead. Bill is now acting as <laughs> Owen when he goes. Okay? There you go. So, well, we're yeah. going to blend the two shows together. we got to get some Chondro love and we got to get some carpet love. So, you know. Buddy and I are the representative from both. <laughs> you guys stay home. Guard the fort. Hold it down. You know. This is stupid. All right, keep continue. <laughs> uh, they, those guys have a booster going on. Uh, the shirts uh, are now on that's sale. A, that's a cool looking uh, T-shirt. Yeah. Yeah, I ordered one. Uh, I think uh, it was Jess Farmer who did the uh, logo design and. Um, uh, same thing with us. If they have any international people who are interested, uh, you can contact contact them, and they will get it out to them with the extra shipping cost. Um, yeah. So I would say probably KJ is probably the guy you want to get in touch with. But uh, <clears throat> um, it's definitely cool. I mean, you know, it's that's the other cool, awesome thing. Now you have something to wear to reptile shows. You know, like a concert yeah. T-shirt. I, I mean, you know, it's you know, it's funny as you mentioned that. Uh, I went to the Baltimore Repticon, and I went over uh-huh. to Jason Balin's table, and Jason was wearing the first ever Carpet Fest T-shirt. Uh-huh. Um, and then uh, he had a helper who was wearing the Brettles Morelia Python. I'm sorry, the Bolins Morelia Python Radio T-shirt, and uh-huh. I was wearing my Morelia Python Radio T-shirt, and I'm like, well, this makes me feel pretty good. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, awesome. We're I'm, we're missing a few, but. This is cool. I, I like that I can walk in here and there's three different designs and stuff, and and, and I like it. So, Condro shirt. That's what we need. So that'll be the next. Stop one, listening but to Buddy. To... Just because Buddy said we need a Condro shirt doesn't mean we need a Condro. No, we do. But yes, we need yeah, a Condro shirt. <laughs> so uh, if only yeah. we knew a guy who was really good at graphic design. Hmm. If only we did. Uh... If only we knew that guy. Yeah. 
I want to say that I went and changed, uh, took care of his snakes today. I don't know, but uh, that could really, be, who would we know that yeah. he was graphic design that you'd have to go take care of his snakes? That means he must be relatively close to you. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we'll have to think about Maybe it. Maybe we'll ambush him um, when he gets back from Denmark. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we'll give him some free promotion on the show, and uh, that'll that'll <laughs> be it. Um, I'll you, buy him a drink in Tinley. <laughs> That's yeah, it. Yeah. You'll be able to hang with us at Tinley. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> U.S. Arc, uh, please support them. Uh, you can go make a donation. Uh, you can subscribe to updates that they may have. Uh, Um You can follow them also on Facebook and Twitter at U.S. Arc. Um, you gotta you gotta show them support, uh, especially now. It's kind of like I said, it's kind of quieted down. Now it's time where we should be, uh, you know, building up the defense fund. And uh, you know, things have not stopped. They're just yeah. Uh, we need to re- replenish the war chest. Kind of, yeah, kind of quiet at the moment. Um, yeah. Let's see what else do we have. So we have a booster going on too for U.S. Arc. It's the Morelia Python Radio. Uh, standard design, um, you know, we're just trying to, uh, to put it out there to get some funds raised for, for those. All proceeds are going to U.S. ARC, so make sure yeah, that... Yeah, and uh, we're going we're to we're gonna retire this T-shirt after this one, so because the next one we're going to do with the Merle Python logo, maybe we'll do a different color or a different... Uh, have the logo kind of touched a little bit. So this is the last time to get this T-shirt, so... No yeah. hesitating. It's going to be a classic. Go get it. You're damn right it will be. And yeah. if you come up to me after the booster's closed, then, oh, God help you. So um, go get it now. You know that. Don't. Yeah, that's kind of. Don't split. I know gonna it's going to happen. I know it's going to happen. I know 10 <laughs> people are going to be like, I wanted to. I'm smacking all of you. Go get it right yeah. now. You guys have plenty of time. But the window is closing. Go. Go now. We'll wait. So. Um, you know, if you're looking to get into uh, carpet mitons and you're looking to do some research, um, which is always important, um, like uh, Steve had talked about earlier when he got into bread lye, uh, he wanted to research it, I would recommend going over to the forums, com, and uh, just tons of info there. You can dig it up, search around, and check it out. Uh, as far as myself, E.B. Morelia, ebmorelia.com if you have any questions um, or uh, you're interested in an animal uh, you can contact me at eric at ebmorelia.com uh, we will be uh, at the uh, Tinley Park NARBC show on uh, October 11th and 12th uh, we will be set up at Carpet Row and uh, yes. basically the rundown for Carpet Row is as follows uh, it is myself is Owen, and we will be sharing the table as Morelia Python Radio slash EB Morelia slash Rogue Reptile. Uh, Jason Baylor, <laughs> uh, East Coast Serpent. <laughs> yeah, that's right. a mouthful, right? Yeah. Uh, Howard Redding from Redding Reptile Breeders. Uh, Julie from GFX Morelia. And Chris Rindles will be from Headhunter Reptiles. He'll be hanging out. I think he's going to be at Jason's table helping him pedal snakes. But uh should be uh that 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 right there is a pretty cool lineup of uh oh and don't forget uh 
right alongside Carpet Row, uh, we'll have uh, our good friend uh, Matt Minatola. Uh, he's going to have his uh, Forneos. So right. if you're looking for he's, he's, for he's honorary know, Carpet Row, yeah, he's, yeah. he's kind of there, but he isn't. Yeah, he's Morelli, so. he's Carpet Row, etc. <laughs> exactly. There you he's go. The, yeah, he's the etc. part of Carver yep. Row. Yep, yep, yep. So, yeah, we'll have Matt there. So and go course, check it uh, out. Yeah, Todd will be there as well from Psychotic Exotics, but they're not in Carpet Row. They're over there. So, yeah, it it's going to be a really fun show. I can't freaking wait. So, yeah. um, definitely be cool. That's all I got. Cool. Uh, what I got is you can go to rogue-reptiles.com. We've just updated all the babies for sale. Uh, and we have free delivery to any of the shows we will be attending. I will be at the Oaks show, uh, but I'll be there early. So if you're looking for me or if you're wanting me to drop off a baby, you should contact me before the Oaks show so I know when to be there and all that other stuff. Um, also, we get free delivery to Tinley Park. So if you're going to be in Tinley and you like what you see, uh, I already have, I already had several people contacting me about babies and actually buy babies outright to deliver to Tinley because they wanted to make sure that they were going to be there. So uh, you can do that. Uh, you can also go and find Rogue Reptiles on Facebook.com. We also have the classifieds over there. If you have any babies that you've purchased from Rogue and you want to take some updated pictures and send them on over to us, that's awesome. We always love seeing that. And we'll add them to our sold babies uh album on the Facebook page and I'll give you your name, give it the, the snake's name and it's lineage info. It'll all be down there. Um, and yeah, also look for updates on the website. Uh, I think we're going to be adding certain things to help you guys track down lineage a little bit easier and things like that. So yeah, lots of fun stuff. Anyways, uh, that's all we got for you guys tonight. Uh, what we will say is, uh, thank you for watching and we'll catch everybody next week for some more Morelia Python Radio. Good night. Hey, Chad Brown here. You may remember me as a linebacker in the NFL or as a reptile breeder and the owner of Pro Exotics. I've been herping since I was a boy, and I've dedicated my life to advancing the industry and educating the community about the importance of reptiles. I also love to encourage the joy of breeding and keeping reptiles as a hobbyist, which is why my partner Robin and Marklin and I created the Reptile Report. The Reptile Report is our online news aggregation site bringing you the most up-to-date discussions from the reptile world. Visit TheReptileReport.com every day to stay on top of the latest reptile news and information. We encourage you to visit the site and submit your exciting reptile news, photos, and links so we can feature outstanding breeders and hobbyists just like you. The Reptile Report offers powerful branding and marketing exposure for your business, and the best part is it's free. If you're a buyer or a breeder, you got to check out the Reptile Report Marketplace. The Marketplace is the reptile world's most complete buying and selling destination full of features to help put you in touch with the perfect deal. Find exactly what you're looking for with our advanced search system. Search by sex, weight, morph, or other keywords and use our buy it now option to buy that animal right now. Go to marketplace.thereptilereport.com and register your account for free. Be sure to link your Marketplace account to your Ship Your Reptiles account to earn free tokens with each shipping label you book. Use the Marketplace to sell your animals and supplies and maximize your exposure with a platinum ad that also gets fed to the Reptile Report and our powerful Marketplace Facebook page. Buy and selling? Use ShipYourReptiles.com to take advantage of our discounted priority overnight shipping rates. 
ShipYourReptiles.com can also supply you with the materials needed to safely ship your animals successfully. Use ShipYourReptiles.com to take advantage of our discounted priority overnight shipping rates, the materials needed to ship your reptiles successfully, live customer support, and our live on-time arrival insurance program. We got you covered. Visit TheReptileReport.com to learn or share about the animals. Click on the link to the marketplace, find that perfect pet or breeder, then visit ShipYourReptiles.com to ship that animal anywhere in the United States. We are your one-stop shop for everything reptile-related. 